यू हैव अ लैंड दैट इज रिट एक जलता किया ही दिए को जला सकता है वाई डू बी ऑल कम हेयर टू हम सो देर इज अट वी कैन लाइट आर
Can you hear me? I could just, just cut the mic for five minutes, ten minutes. You can hear me, right? Yeah, intro's still running. Just, uh, I just wanted to let you in because everything's running smooth, so mute for the moment. Uh, it's, it's just keep, keep quiet. for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking 
vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood, blood. Never! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! Hi folks, uh, another week and uh, back to the coalface and I've got a, uh, I've been really looking forward to uh, this stream, been setting up for the last couple of weeks and um, I don't want to beat about the bush too long, the man's been uh, waiting as uh, we've had to be tortured by memes uh, for <laughs> an amount of time so I'm switching over to the main and uh, Johnny, how are you sir? I'm not too bad at all, thanks for having me on Kevin. Uh, you're more than welcome. Sir. I well, maybe I could tell you how I came across you. And um, so, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Charles Rixey, he's WMD, former WMD specialist in United States Marine Corps. He came across your stream and he says, You've got to watch this guy, you, you're gonna love him. I watched the stream, Dark Fascism and the Dark Triad, you did with some lady yeah i want to say yeah marianne petrie um, and I, I was like i've got to speak to you <laughs> it's uh it's of vital importance so i actually don't want to i want you to talk and i want you can take as long as you want like I said, I, these are long form streams um Aye. i'm uh you want to i swear like a trooper dude so if you want to cut loose as well feel free I, I i i try not i mean Christ, I'm, a, I'm an ex-british army sergeant major you know so i nah. i can spit f and jeff for the best and but i try not to <laughs> if you, know, you want to though if you want to it, it, might, it might slip out and then again but i won't <laughs> I, I'll, I'll not make a habit um, yeah looking forward to this as well mate and um it's been a hell of a journey since uh 2017 so um, actually could I, I don't mean to interrupt but you said you were a sergeant major in the British Army, right. 
Could you just tell us a little about that? Because I want that that's a good lead up to uh, well, I, I know where I, you're going to go, which is the uh-huh. German store. Well, the... I saw Crikey, uh, born in Glasgow, um, raised in Germany until I was about 10 because my dad was in the army. Um, so he was British forces in, in Germany. Moved back to a wee town in the Central Belt. Um, and, and then as soon as I was 16, I got the hell out of there because there was no there was no soul about the place. Mm-hmm. So I joined up. I joined up at 16 in 1985. Um, and had a successful career, by and large. Um, and started to become disillusioned around about, well, 2003, the illegal invasion, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I still wasn't over my indoctrination. You know, I still didn't have any kind of clarity. I still bought a lot of the messaging. Right. Um, that we've been fed with since forever, you know. Um, and it was basically when I could see Tony Blair at the dispatch box saying that... Um, um, you know, it's not a done deal yet. You know, Saddam can let the weapons inspectors in and yada, yada, and all that stuff. Well, all our equipment had gone. Mm. We knew we were going. We knew we were deploying. Mm. And we knew you don't send all that equipment right. to not to not go to war, right? Mm. So um, I, I think that's when I started to question things a wee bit. Um what was your and unit, by the way, if you don't mind me I was Royal Signals, mate. Royal Signals. Royal, Royal uh, you Royal might Signals. know a mate of mine, Kev Baker. You know what? We're, we're, the, uh, we're the biggest, well, we the, the biggest corps um, in the army. So okay. He's a Glasgow lad. He's a Glasgow lad. He was, um, well, I was in between 85 and I left in 2011. Oh, he'd have been yeah. there. So, we, we lad, he's passed away now. Uh, they got him with uh, the vaccines. He was on a long transplant list, forced him to get vaccinated, and uh, he was he was gone within weeks of them doing that. And uh, yeah, he was a good friend. Um, painful mm. loss. Um, well, uh, and you know, and that's one of the things, mate. That none of us, none of us are, um, none of us matter. You know, we're all expendable. Right. Civilian military does not matter, you know. We, we, we're, 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 you know, we're the cattle to be yes. disposed of as as and when is is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I was very so because, uh, disillusioned. Started to become disillusioned in about two thousand three. Found myself a cushy desk job because I was a sergeant major by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, w O two, which is you know, reason I was like the second highest uh, non commissioned rank you can be right. in, in the British Army. Found myself a desk job with the um, uh, with the civil service, um, and just fucking shined shined my ass for mm-hmm. for a few years there. Got on really well with my boss. Um, I was only supposed to serve until two thousand and nine, um, to, to qualify for my twenty two year pension. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the job I was doing was so kind of niche. Um, he wanted me to stay on for an extra couple of years, which was great because it timed it perfectly. Because I went, I was always going travelling for a year. Mm. Uh, as soon as I left the army, I stayed single deliberately for my last few, kind of single, my last few years. Um, went travelling, uh, went across the states, and, and this was such an eye opener. 
I mean, it's been a huge, that year traveling has been a huge part of this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, five months traveling across the States, timed to be in, uh, sorry, New Zealand for the Rugby World Cup in 2011. That, mm-hmm. was, that was just awesome. In Australia and Southeast Asia mm-hmm. uh, for three months, Australia for a couple of months and Southeast Asia for three months. Um, being an ex-squaddy, you know, I was kind of drawn to do all the, uh, the the battlefield battlefield tour kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the kind of grisly stuff like um, Phnom Penh, you know, the sort of the killing fields, you know, museum and mm-hmm. um, what do they call it? And uh, it used to be called the Americans War Crimes Museum in Vietnam, Saigon. Mm-hmm. So all that sort of stuff. And that, that that had a huge huge impact. So Twenty eleven, I left. Um, I then was, you know, I was, and it's not an unusual thing for ex-bodies, you know, you're so indoctrinated, you're so institutionalised, and even though I managed to spend my last few years with the civil service, so I was kind of decompressing a wee bit from all that Mm. kind of, you know, regimented regimented attitude and approach, I still struggled a wee bit, you know, when I left, Mm. which is not unusual. Um... And then I moved back up to Scotland. So I was way, way Alassie uh, temporarily there, uh, in England, sorry. And then um, I moved up to, back up to Scotland in 2013 and was basically back in time, home in time, for the 2014 uh, referendum. Referendum. But the propaganda war is what it was. Um, but anyway, so... Was absolutely devastated by that, and that's that's one of the because everyone makes the assumption that as an ex-squaddy you'll automatically be for, you know, Queen of Country. Geez, <laughs> peace, honestly, you know, um, and 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 part of working with the civil service, I was in the defence procurement um, uh, agency, and so a lot of the shenanigans that would go on, you would see this kind of revolving door as senior. Kind of um, RAF guys who were based at uh, it was RAF Whitten who were based at, uh, at the Defence Procurement, and it was just revolving. And they weren't supposed to they weren't supposed to take up civilian posts. Mm-hmm. They'd had a direct role in issuing contracts, signing off in contracts. I think it was a two year ban or something. But that got flouted, you know. So you had this kind of. They were all off. They were awarding contracts, and they were all off. These companies are awarding contracts to, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is just just sheer corruption. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So th- those kind of scales dropped. Um, the the whole kind of British media facade for me, the the that that um, that dropped in 2014. Mm-hmm. I, I was just. Um, bewildered at what had just happened during that. It was an onslaught. It really was. Mm. Um, so I didn't buy it. In 2014, I didn't buy a thing. The BBC, Sky News, um, ITV, none of them. I didn't buy a thing, you know, that they were selling type of thing. And um, then, and this is where we're getting to more towards the, the Gaslight Gilligan stuff, is... 2015, I I ended up in what was an abusive relationship, right, mm-hmm. um, with this this woman, and I didn't recognise it at the time, 
um, other than when I went to get counselling because I actually thought I was losing losing the plot, mm. you know. Um, and uh, and it was only during the counselling process that I came to understand it was an abusive relationship. And um, that's why and uh, I, that's why God gave us burkas and Islam, bro. Should have slapped the burka on her and. Uh... Told her to keep uh, quiet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go down that path myself. Um, but anyway, so yeah, and it was that was that was she, she, she did that with me, you know, mm-hmm. um, psychologically, emotionally, and financially. So that was that was a lesson, um, a harsh one. So I, I began writing Gaslight and Gilligan. Because it was through that process, um, the counselling process, that I came to understand that hadn't been the first abusive relationship. You know, when you look at what abuse is and really the the emotional and psychological manipulation, Mm. that wasn't the first one I'd been in. Mm. And um, and I put that in the book. um, Well, British Army says... uh... Well, this is the, you know who 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 would have thought an ex sergeant major could be in an abusive relationship? You know, because I, I, it never dawned on me. You I know, think you're handling yourself, love, right? Well, well, that's it. When you're on, when when you're in love with somebody, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to see these things. You know, the other other negativity. You just roll with the punches a lot of the time. At least I did. But I'd actually been, and I put that in the book. I'd actually been conditioned inadvertently to accept those sorts of behaviours in childhood, right? That's in the book. Tropism, tropism trained, that chapter, right? If you look at tropism trained. And just just uh, for people that are listening right now, um, the, the book Gaslight and Gilligan is free download from uh, Johnny's yeah. website. Um, I've sort of flicked through it. Um, I just wish Gaslight I had the time. Yeah, gaslightinggilligan.com and at gaslighting at Twitter, right? If people want to follow what it is. Yeah, gas, gas, at gasgilligan. Gasgilligan, okay. And the, um, well, you know, my father was in the forces. He was, he was in the RAF and he came through like, like you, but he was in, uh, foster care as a child. Mm. And went in at sixteen. Maybe, might have been actually might have been seventeen if I think back. But very very early on, after getting out of care, he went into um, the air force and became. You know, back then they had uh, V bomber, uh, nuclear force, and mm. so he was QRF on the Victors and. Uh, Vulcans, um, but you you could see that he was, well, he was a, he was a hard man, right? But he he, he loved his family, mm. um, very protective. But you could see that, that that regimentation and the trauma through childhood, and you know the, I don't know. I I, I think he didn't take well to authority generally, and so he sort of inculcated in me. Well, you know, we we were working class, and he was like, "Look, 
go in the military, but you go in as an officer, get a degree, what have you. Mm. And um, uh, funnily enough, well, you know, I tried a couple of times to go. I was I was all caught up in that rah rah, we'll go and bash uh, Abdul and <laughs> I was. And I tried to sign up. I was in the U.S. And, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was on the wrong visa, so they wouldn't take me. And then I left there, went to Israel, did my postdoc in Israel, came back, went to go and sign on, walked into the army recruiting office. They loved me, filling it all out, and they were like, oh, you've been in Israel. Oh, we can't let you join for... Uh, there was like a like you said there was like cooling off period and if you've been right. in a country that's um uh you know I don't, I don't know what the official designation would be but they wouldn't right. they, that, they, that, I mean, that's odd be seen as it's the british state in the u.s who created israel yeah yeah you know between them but uh, it's not unusual actually the foster that you, you, your dad um and, and the foster care aspect joining up because they they often make great and, and grateful soldiers mm. often you know and that is partially why the state um as i interpret it goes to such lengths to break kids to break boys in particular oh yeah they did that to him they them into, i mean mm. i created one of the models i created in gaslighting gallery and, mm. um so like a year zero model uh, for, for 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 UK, you know. But when I developed it, I actually realised it's the model that's actually in place and been in been in place since forever in the US. Mm. So it's actually a model that existed, just not on paper, not for us anyway, mm -hmm. not for the ninety nine percent, you know. Yeah, no, no, hoi, peloi. back of your kill box, PL. <laughs> I've since. Um, yeah, right. So obviously you'll have heard of the, the prison industrial complex, yeah. you'll have heard of the military industrial complex. So all it is is a prison military industrial complex where you get, you know, um the state breaks the kids, the family courts break the kids mm -hmm. in particular. And then um and that's the thing. The, the, there's so much in terms of, you know, the, the the different sides attacking each other. The state doesn't care. Which parent separates which children from? As long as it breaks the family, right? Um, starts destabilizing the kids in particular, uh, psychologically and emotionally, right? And starts to tear them apart. But predominantly, the key aim is to separate fathers from sons. Right. So that the sons themselves, in absence of their natural you know, biological role model will then start to seek them out because we all do when we're kids. We, we boys, we all seek our own model when we're boys. Mm -hmm. And most of the time they find them in, you know, in gangs and or in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as part of that mil prison military industrial complex, um, you know, you're, 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 you're basically pinged from one, depending on what you actually do as a crime as a kid, you know, Mm. You're pinged from, from one agency to the other, and then you've got this kind of, you know, you've got all this message and you can be respected by society. Right. You know, a hero in a military uniform. And uh, that's that's all part of the, the, the dark triad channel. Uh, so it's just when I, you know, when you said that about the foster care, you know, I picked mm. up on that. 
Um, oh, it was brutal I, back then as well, dude. Just after Second World War and. Um, I bet I. That was uh, th those were rough times, man. And. Uh, well, they had to get clever because I think it was about sixty-one there thereabouts when national service ended. So it's quite some considerable time after mm. the war had finished. But national service continued. Um, I think it was about, about 61, I think. Um, and so they had to come up. And don't get me wrong, I think these sorts of ploys have always been done to make kids destitute, to break kids. Mm. Um, and then, you know, and then give them something that they can be proud of themselves, give them purpose in a military uniform. I think that's always been the case. Mm -hmm. um, but they just had to they had to be more imaginative about it, you know, when national service stopped mm. you know but um, aye, so it's, as I say, it's been a, been a hell and, well, and the well, that wasn't, wasn't there just um, a lot of sort of well, I want to say psychology is probably being a bit too generous back then, but there was a, there was a kind of understanding that and I want to say it was from the Vietnam War, where they realised that you had to have volunteer forces in order to be, if you wanted to be really lethal, you had to have yeah, people yeah. that were volunteered and would go in, and yeah. not people who have been forced into. Uh, Absolutely, uh, I, I, there's no, you know, it should just be a case, of, I guess, a national emergency. They're going to conscript, uh, you know. Um, but if you want an yes, if you want an effective um, military, they need to be volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, aye, so it's um, it's the, and that's why the British Army. I mean, my 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 nephew has he was going to join up a couple of years ago, and I'm like, no, son, it's not it's not what it was. You know, mm -hmm. the, 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 you know the. You'll end up there and you'll you'll go to war for the wrong reasons because they don't give a shit about you. You know, you're cannon fodder, mate. Yeah. And, well, um, it's it's corporate it's corporate um absolutely. Mer mercantilism and they and, and essentially their privateer force um dressed up in a um quote unquote the the garb of military splendor that we associate with things like the Second World War, you know, justified. Page, page fifty nine of the book is is my is the is the the narcissist state right so my fictional country that this is set in is narcissist state and i developed that name from um how the propaganda works how the propaganda taps into the human condition mm. into the into the worst of us obviously um but also into the best of us right mm. um because once and once we think we've got the sense of the, the kind of moral righteousness, the moral high ground on any given ideology, nobody's backing down, nobody's compromising. Uh, uh, yeah. Propaganda does so effectively, gives all these different sides the appearance that they're, they've got the common sense case or the morally righteous case and just to get everybody at loggerheads, you know. Mm. But on that page, narcissist state, and I did the two two S's in the middle as an SS, mm. you know, kind of logo. And then you've got the crown, the company, the core politique, right? Mm. The crown is obviously crown because they're the hypnotic head of the cartel in the UK, like, right? Which that facade is fast falling. You've seen a lot of the... Uh, 
the, the Twitter responses mm. of the coronation over over uh, uh, you know on Saturday and over the weekend. Mm. It's just people are just like, how is this still happening in the twenty first century? Mm. You know, um, so I mean, they, you know, sometimes the sometimes you want the king to go out and actually do some shit that makes them prove that they're king, right? <laughs> Just, it's just, not it's just nepotism. Bizarre. It's, it's. I mean, who, who doesn't want to be king for a day? You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me do it. I'll sort the world out. Oh, for crying out loud! Honestly. Oh, and so the company. So the crown. The company. The company. Um, I got that idea from the East India Company. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, uh, right, mm. India Company, who were exactly what you were talking about just now, the mercantile class, mm. you know, military force, private military force. Mm. Um, I don't know what year it was, what year it is, but overnight, the East India Company in India, basically, they they were. It looks the way the way I see it. It looks as if they drove the East India Company, that aspect of it in East India, sorry, in India to collapse, to the point of collapse, knowing full well the Crown would step in to take up the slack. So a bit like the banks. Right. You know, the banks deliberately crash, knowing full well that the government's going to give them uh, all, all, all this this money to keep them afloat, you know, mm. because otherwise society will collapse. Um, so I think a similar thing happened. The Crown goes in, and then all East India Company soldiers, private soldiers, automatically overnight became Crown forces. But they're the same same army, mm. you know, same army. So that's where the company comes from on the uh, on, on 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 that page in the book. The company's throughout the book, um, and the corp politique is a word I I kind of made up. Well, from corp as in from corporate, mm. and the politique is a 16th, 17th century French term. Where basically all the state and state institutions, religious institutions, banded together to in order in order to uh, ensure you know the integrity of France as a state, as a nation state, to stay together. But the way I read it, it was it was not to do with that. It was basically ensuring that the hierarchical systems as they stood at the time were kept in place. So, and this is, you know, this is back 16th, 17th century. So um, the core politique, corporate politique. Um, and so, um, yeah, just, just thought I'd add that in there. But the... Well, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a very, very important um, concept to be focusing around because of trying to interpret the events as they're um, happening as of today. And, you know, I, I think the 9-11 was a sort of watershed moment again you know i think that was very much that's a long discussion about who and what and how and what have mm. you. but but there you saw the the acceleration of their programs and um goals to um establish their form of corptocracy over the planet and mm -hmm. you know the, i think a lot of what they the thing is as a as a entity it it's still bound by law somewhat right and it, the corporate law is always going to sort of stick together and people have to recognize yeah. that you're sovereign and not subject to corporate 
statutes and acts. And so you, you have the right to say no to this, uh, to what the corp corporation is doing. And they've, they've just become very, very sophisticated at tricking people into thinking that they have to do stuff. And, you know, the classic mm -hmm. example is the license fee for TV, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember back in, and I, I was back in it when I, when I went back to the UK after like my postdoc. I was just I hated the BBC by that point. I'd I'd had a um you know a abject lesson in how the the deep state operates. Uh, I'll maybe relay that sort of anecdote to you afterwards, but just for people listening. So at 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 the time I I refused to have that propaganda shoved down my throat, right? And the reason I hated it was just because of the essentially multi-culti homo type programming that they would push and what was essentially an anti well the, the indigenous of the british isles say type of programming right so you had diversity acceleration through all these positions you had organizations like common purpose dictating how organizations were going to be run and you know i it, it was that then i you know i started to really get follow these rabbit trails down of and you mm -hmm. know the sovereign the sovereign citizen movement was critical for me to build that picture in my mind that what i'd perceived to be as my country and my um soil and my my <laughs> blood and soil and what have you but you know that thing that that, that you're naturally attached to where your generations go mm -hmm back into perpetuity right there i started to see it crystallize out and how how and what it was doing and, and you know like you said the you were talking about how they're trying to break people all the time to control them so that they can get them into the corporation and they do it by by a form of legalese and so i just mm -hmm. And my first sort of dalliance into that domain was to say to the BBC, um, no right of implied access to my property, right? That's what you do. I, I, I don't have a device that I watch um, your programming on. I'm not paying your fee. I'm not required to pay your fee because of... Um, it's not law it's statute you have mm. no right of implied access to come to my door to you know check them i mean think about how they used to spook people back in the uk with like ah, oh, we've got vans driving around and uh, <laughs> if we can we can detect if you've got a tv and what you're watching <laughs> All that shit. Uh, it's, uh, but it's that creep isn't it they've got the right the right to do that you know, to get but they access. don't. They don't, though. That's what they. That's what they trick yeah. you into thinking yes. is that that you have to do it, and yeah. and that that little victory. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a... But the um, you know, the, 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 what you were saying there about the you know the the, the diversity and the political mm. correctness and all that type mm. of stuff. That has all been part of the. The, the you know the death by a thousand cuts the creeping mm -hmm. bombardment mm -hmm. so they the, the, the create the belief systems okay mm -hmm. so certainly through you know looking back certainly through post-war 
um, right up until the 90s, the media, um, entertainment and news, um, certainly the tabloids, mm. you know, and, and so the baby boomers and, and, and Gen X, my, my, my generation, um, they essentially reared us to be boys, to be misogynists, you know, um, Ah, I love a bit of casual misogyny, me, but uh... yeah, I do, hey, I'm a I love family guy, you know, so I, 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 you know, I'm, 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 I don't have an issue with that. But my point is, is that we've been conditioned to be the way we are, you know, uh, 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 you know, certainly baby boomers and, and and Gen X to be kind of homophobic, to be misogynist, to be. A lot of them to be racist, right? Mm. And um, but and then what happens is through this, through that conditioning, that becomes your normal, that becomes you know your identity in part. But then come the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, uh, possibly late eighties, then you start getting the the creeping messaging coming in, mm-hmm. and it was all it was all preparing for this onslaught. That we're seeing now, and this certainly in the LGBT front, um, the the super super propaganda overload, because it's designed to attack the belief systems that were created through those initial generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's designed to attack the belief system. That's where they agitate one of the uh, one of the six drivers in the dark triad model, mm-hmm. and so just by agitating different groups. Um, I just want, I just wanted to say if you've if you've got like diagrams that you want to throw up on screen I can share oh, mate, I am, I am an absolute luddite right so I've uh, got... it's just it's just a, it's there the options I'm, there if you I'm want to uh... here, right this this is an achievement for me okay. <laughs> I clicked a, I clicked a link and I was in nice I, I've got I've got zero um I I, I mean the the, the book it's just a word, well, was a word doc, I converted it to PDF, right? Mm. All the drawings and the, and, and the, um, uh, the, the diagrams, it's all, it's all just in a PDF format. Mm-hmm. The information's there, right? Um, well, I can bring it up on the screen if you want to sort of, and I can scroll to. Um... Well, the, um, uh, the front page for a, you know, for, for a start. Um, Hang on, let me, let me do that. I mean, it is very amateurish, it is, um, but it's, it's, um, brother, you don't, you you don't know how powerful your words are at the moment in the current environment, right? Where you're seeing this, that, well, look, it's, it's, people will stick all kinds of labels on it, et cetera, but it's. Um, but, you know, I think what we're seeing is the emergence of a sort of 21st century equivalent of Bolshevism. And they're trying to instantiate essentially the same for and speech controls that they tried to do back then. It's the same groups, mm. the same people, the same. These are, they are, if nothing, they're just determined and they think multi-generationally. Yeah, uh, I mean, you may- Bolshevism, and and I get that, and I understand why, what, why, why you say that, but you know, 
tyranny is tyranny is tyranny. Yes. You know? Yeah. And um, there are different brands of it, but ultimately they end up with millions of people getting slaughtered. Aye. You know, regardless of which kind of tyranny it is. Mm. And, um, and I, and I um, I'm, and, and as I've put in the book, um, the links between the US, the UK, and Russia, or the, the, at least the, the leadership cartel, mm. far, far closer than we were ever led to believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of Russian money in the Tory party, mm. you know. So what, 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 I mean, th- th- we have to, uh, I, I know it's sort of a change of topic, but it's so mm. germane at the moment, watching what's happening in Ukraine, and right. I, I would love to get your opinion on it because what I see is classic color revolution, CIA color revolution, starting that conflict. Um, you had a essentially low intensity civil war, fulminated by them for well, since twenty fourteen, so nearly ten years, mm-hmm. and they were they were moving essentially NATO forces right up to Russian borders where, you know, I, I grew up in the Cold War. I remember, I remember the relief of, you know, the perestroika and the mm-hmm. Gorbachev meeting in Reykjavik and the, um, the, just that I grew up, you know, again, just anyway, when your father's like trained for nuclear that. combat, right? You just, that's, that's what well, I grew up with. And, my first few years in the army um, were were still in that Cold War you mm-hmm. know, environment, mm-hmm. and um, my first person was was in was in York, but we'd go to Germany and do kind of you know exercises on the east, still the East German border, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, so definitely that. Well, what's my my interpretation? What's happening? in Ukraine now, was, and I think that war was always going to be part of the plan, that war was always going to go ahead. Mm. They were always going to do that. Um, they're trying to recover. And and part of the reason why guys like us have been able to speak and obviously people able to watch us with these different different kind of views now um, is because the plan, the overall plan is failing and failing badly, mm. right? And they will not get it back on track. There's only one other outcome, one other eventuality they can do now, um, which. But they have to go all in, right now. Yeah. And yeah, they're not getting nuclear. Mm. They're not getting nuclear. If they were, they'd have done it by now. Mm. Now, the reason I say that, and this is where people and and I've had all sorts of. Uh, so, when I wrote the book, and I knew it wouldn't just be good enough just to write this thing, which would just get lost. You know, it wouldn't matter a, a thing. So what I did was I went to Berlin. Mm. Um, and I kind of got a wee bit spooked over that weekend because my plan was to go to the Irish Embassy and tell them what was about to happen. Yeah, so of, this, this is an important part of your... Yeah, um, and it will come, up, come back to Ukraine. But did, did because... You... Yeah, because right. I, I had so, I had questions about that. I, I sort of saw what you were saying, and I want I want to make sure that it's set up correctly, so the audience audience can sort of follow this because yeah. we're we're kind of 
jumping from so when so... I, I and I, I, by the way I am I am terrible I will go off ah me too back <laughs> so you you need to keep me back on you know you got to do the same for me brother <laughs> I'm terrible I am um, right the most bizarre thing happened in part 12th of September 2016 I just come out of this abusive relationship I was through the worst of it. I was writing Gaslighting Gilligan in my hometown in the, in the Highlands, which is what's my hometown now, certainly. Um, do, 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 do you mind saying? You don't have to. I'm just interested. I, I was, I was, no, I'm not going to say which yeah, town it is. But I'm a clan McCann. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, <laughs> uh, McNeil, but you already knew that. I'm clan McNeil. Um, so I'd actually gone back down because I was so blown away by the... Um, the counselling process, I actually went away and did three years of, um, I went down to Central, back down to Central Belt and did three years of counselling courses. It was in my first course, first year of that. And I'm also studying why and researching, trying to work out why it is, because I knew back then that of the reported domestic violence, uh, reported victims of domestic violence were men in UK, in Australia, it's it's one in three. In fact, there's even a it's a one in three dot com. It's an Australian site. It's mm. you know, it's it's that's why it's called that. Mm. Yep, those bitches well, out of control. Just uh... some, some of them, some of them, mate. You know, and um, that's why I got an Asian and... bird. Do you write for Family Guy, Chris? <laughs> and um, and uh, so. Why has this got anything to do with anything? You know, why has this got anything to do with Ukraine? Right, well. So, I'm researching. I'm half looking at my phone one day, um, and Victoria Derbyshire, BBC's Victoria Derbyshire's on the box, right? Mm. Because her programme was loaded with stuff about domestic abuse, mm. right? I'm half reading what I'm reading on my phone. I'm half listening to the telly, and she mentioned the word pathetic, right? Now, I had that leveled at me by my ex just months beforehand, mm. right? And I swear to God, I had a, a PTSD moment, mm. right? Just sat in my folks' living room, and I thought, well, that's, that's weird. I just kind of froze. I just kind of zoned out for a few seconds, right? It was just really bizarre. Mm. That's when I started following the, the her, her program in particular. Um, but other narratives throughout you know, news, hmm. and then realised there was a pattern to this, the, essentially the mass that was basically driving this low-key subliminal emasculation of men. Hmm. And part of the model is the Istanbul Convention. And that Istanbul Convention was the UN, United Nations, policy driver for what became, eventually, Me Too. Right? The Me Too propaganda campaign, mm -hmm. right? Me Too has been tried and tested before with the White Feather Women, the White Feather Brigade as part of the suffragettes in World War One. Mm. Around about, you know, it was certainly in Britain, but around about the kind of former colonies, the colonies are still where at the time, what are now the Five Eyes, minus America, of course. Mm. Um, but essentially, to guilt shame men into military uniform. And in Germany, in that Weimar Germany movement and Nazi Germany, there was a, a significant... And it, it is very difficult to find information on this, but luckily I found something by a, a, a feminist called uh, Camille, Camille Paglia. Oh, yeah, she's great. 
I love her. And she made mm. she made some videos regarding the 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 um, similar things, exact similar picture that we're seeing today. You know, in in Germany, move, moving into Nazi Germany, mm. it's all the same machine. It's the same playbooks, and the playbooks are very very limited. They're not difficult to understand. What's difficult is people getting their heads around. The, the you're you're being gamed, doesn't... right? They got they got a hook yeah, in exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And so part of the idea is that the, I mean, the white feather women would um, basically pin a white feather and a bloke if he was in civvies, if he was in civilian clothes, a man mm. of fighting age, mm. getting uniform, you know, getting joined on that sort of stuff. Mm. Fast forward, I've had this PTDS new moment. Um, I start tracking all the, uh, the these these narratives to realise by the November December 2016 there was definitely a distinct pattern of essentially demonising and dehumanising men. Right, and that's where I'm thinking. Right, looking at the old, you know, white feather women, white feather women stuff that, that was born out the suffragettes, mm. which now, looking back, was itself a con, was itself part of the game, mm. because as they became more militant and, and able to do this, this stuff, then they, they were essentially permissioned by society, by the state, to make men more subservient to the state and to society. Mm. So it was just that 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 cycle refeeding itself in order to get men channel them towards military uniform. So I began looking at other narratives, cyclical, repetitive narratives that would just come in, you know, either daily, every few days, every week, certainly. Mm. And one of the ones I was watching was the um, cyber attack, late twenty sixteen, early twenty seventeen cyber attack which took place on in the UK. Um and I'm thinking, are they, is it well first off, is it part of the narrative? Mm-hmm. You know, that was the that was the um first question. But the, because it was it was definitely being drip fed in and often enough I kept an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 aspect you might remember I don't know if you're in UK at the time, but the aspect you might remember this virus for was there was a, a, a cyber attack on the NHS. The National Health Service took the brunt of that in terms of propaganda. They took the actual hit in terms of the cyber attack, but all their mm. systems. And it was working on Windows XP. Mm. Right? This is how I'll, I'll come on to in a sec. Working on Windows XP. So anything Windows XP was in danger of having, uh, you, know, you know, becoming crash, uh, computers crashing mm. because of this particular virus. That virus was called WannaCry. Okay. Right? And then, Craigie, that would have been I think about May 2017. So I've been following this narrative. I think it's got something to do with where they're headed, but not entirely sure. Then they came out and started recycling these stories Um believe it or not, well, they said that Trident nuclear submarines also run on Windows XP, right? And I am like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, right? Do those they that can make you believe abs- they don't. Those that can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities, right? That was that was Voltaire. Mm. So first off, you've got to, you've got to believe Right, that submarines run on Windows XP. Right. <laughs> Nuclear submarines run on Windows XP, right? And then you've also got to believe that they're hooked up to the internet. Right. right? And, 
And, and I'm like, you, you cannot be going down, surely. But the thing was, they were putting this out and everybody was buying it. Mm. Nobody was questioning it. And I thought, that's where they're going. That's exactly where they're going. So at the time, I actually believed they were going to do it, right? They were actually going to do it, right? However, now, in hindsight, with me too, with COVID, with all that. So right? perhaps um, there's quite an international audience that watches this. No, no, I wish it was larger numbers that hear this type of discussion, but um, this break down what the me too movement was and um how and you know how that was weaponized again as it was a cudgel against um... right well it was it was with us right it was with us in media before me too became a conscious thing so this the, the subliminal construct was there so for years we've been getting this repetitive messaging, certainly when it came to domestic abuse, all men are, are you know, are bastards, and all women are victims, right? That was just the psychical, repetitive messaging, right? Um, and I mean, I devoted, I said it's just one page. I think it's just one page to Victoria Derbyshire to her format. I mean, I put the fact that she helped inspire the book right in the front page, right? Mm. There's a chapter in her, uh, in the book, on her program and a format for it. It was already there. It was already with us, right? All that happened is in October 2017, it changed from the subliminal campaign into the overt campaign we came to know as Me Too, right? And then you had the times up. And the times up aspect was just the, the kind of financial arm. That was the way of, you know, and, and a lot of these, these movements, a lot of these parts, these constructs are creaming in money. Yeah. Because it's see, quite easy to turn emotion, turn emotion into financial capital is quite easy. Mm. I mean, the, the British state's been doing it for years. The co corporate charities have been doing it for years. Yeah. That's part of the reason why they keep soldiers homeless. Yeah. You know, because because people feel then they've got to take up the slack, and then, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just um, it's just this never-ending cycle, right? Um, so you had this constant messaging, completely contrived, and, and and one of the ways we can know it was contrived is because it was so sudden, it was so quick, right? That it was a, it was the US, it was UK, it was Australia, it was New, New Zealand, mm -mm. it was every Western, certainly English-speaking Western. Uh, country on the planet, right? Within a matter of a month, mm. right? And then we were, we were supposed to believe it was grassroots and that um, it had nothing to do with anything that was happening at that time. Yeah, just spontaneous outpouring of uh, female, it was, female it victimhood. Was a, it was a, a precedented recruitment propaganda strategy. That's what Me Too is, mm. right? And when people accept that, and they will, right? They will accept it. Um, then you can only imagine what's going to kick off around the planet. Mm. You know, and they can't they can't put that genie back in the say on the COVID. They can't put that genie back in the bottle because mm. 
they, they tried so hard with COVID to get it back on track, to get the entire agenda back on track. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, oh, and one of the um, one of the kind of key drivers of Me Too, which became a key driver, was was last year actually, in trying to keep Me Too alive because it was failing badly. Right. Because it had it served no purpose because it didn't get the the militarization short mobilization trigger to go to war in 2017. Me too was was kind of hung out to dry. It was it was still trying, and it still is trying today to be a thing to matter, right? It's still trying still trying to keep the narrative alive, so that when they get the when not not when, but certainly if they got the Ukraine trigger to get NATO into that war mm -hmm. with Russia, right? Then they could try and, you know, hit us with Me Too again, mm -hmm. right? And say you're either a wife-beating monster mm -hmm. or you're a hero in a military uniform. Right. Take your pick, right. you know? Um, and then, um, and that's, that's the thing. And that is the only way young men in particular who through, and that's part of the dark triad model, right? So you had patriotism in the UK through Brexit, Right, Brexit itself was led in, and this is the thing very clever. I bought into it at the time as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, 2010, 2011, I, I, I bought the pretext narrative as well back then. Um, so they started putting Nigel Farage on BBC Question Time, mm -hmm. right? And the pretext for him being on there was he represents a working man, um, you know, the disenfranchised working classes. Uh, who've had enough of establishment politics and, you know, we need to drive drive change. So I, initially I was kind of watching this with some interest because the, disenfranchise, the disenfranchisation of the masses from politics is deliberate. Mm. From, from, you know, it doesn't matter which party you support, Tory, Labour, fucking Republicans, Democrats, mm. it's the same 1% machine mm. that are trying to smash us, right? Yeah. Um, but, maybe maybe I could uh, add a little anecdote for you to sort of uh -huh. help crystallise, particularly in the, the looking at Britain as an example. Okay, mm. so people people who've watched the stream have heard this a thousand times, but um, I'm not sure you have, so I'll relay it. So after after nine eleven, so when I grew up. Um, like I say, because of my father's disposition after the war, I, d I didn't have any family except my father from his side. He had sisters, but they were all sent through institutes and I never met them, etc. until he passed away a few years back. And um, my mother's side, my grandfather was uh, Italian, British prisoner of war captured in uh, Tripoli, North Africa, in mm. the Second World War. And so I grew up in an area that was, um, was Italian-Polish immigrant area. And they got, and that Italian-Polish mix got subsumed by large influx from India, Pakistan, Pakistan in particular, 
and they came in and and uh, they, those people know how to work mob handed right and they they were just streaming mm. in chain migration and and i can remember that, you know the mosque used to just be one little terraced house and then f 15 years later they've got a big you know massive one that's dominating the skyline of the city and three weeks after 9 11 it was a bit less than three weeks i said about two probably um my next door neighbor who's you know his his father was full on uh well, afghani right had leg missing and uh what have you and um Ooh. i think he was probably uh um Mujahideen in the soviet war and um him and a group of five other lads basically attacked and beheaded attempted to be they didn't get it right off um a young lad walking back who was working in the city center at a pub on the friday night on a friday night and mm. i really then began to get a lesson in holy fuck man this is like you're watching the state hide these crimes right and there was a there was a similar one in glasgow chris mcdonald Right, where they tortured mm. the wee lad. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they they did everything, everything to play down what what had happened on that night. And I I knew because it was my fucking next door neighbour, right? What mm. they what they were like and what they were doing and um and I and and you know that sort of I'm I'm young and you know <laughs> young and dumb and uh you know i grew up having to fight those pakistani lads in my youth right and um at this point i'm like you know they're taking the piss now they've already you know they're already moving in and they're they're, they're chopping their heads off young lads walking back <laughs> 50 meters from my house right mm. and um ross parker is the young lad's name was and um it, it it got covered up and at the same time you still get um oh you know what? i've forgotten the black lad's name stephen let uh oh um lawrence yes stephen lawrence so you still hear stephen lawrence's murder being pushed as a cudgel onto the british people right no, e even today because it will toy, it will attack. That narrative will attack your belief system. You know, this is deliberate. So, so the omission of the ones, uh, so the Glasgow one and, and your neighbour, mm. the omission of that, the most powerful form of lies, the omission, all well. Mm -hmm. um, because the timing wasn't right for them to be reporting on that, so they try and hide it. And do you know, I, it was, I don't know if it was a memo, um, and I think it was as as the Labour, sorry, Blair's government were just about to, you know, to 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 leave government. And I think it was in a memo where it was something along the lines of, you know, we've allowed so much immigration, we've changed, you know, the the the, the colour of mm. UK forever, mm. right? That was deliberate. Yeah. You know, it was demoralizing the way, the way it was worded, it would appear to be deliberate. But again, 
and I've got to try and keep, you know, uh, and, and to, to reinforce with your viewers, it's the exact same 1% orchestrated mm -hmm. theatre, right, mm -hmm. to get us at each other's throats, right? And so this, you know, the, the prominence of, you know, mosques and, and cities and towns, certainly down in, down in the south of England, um, would have been quite deliberately to drive this sort of, this sort of agitation. Yeah. Um, not an accident. Completely, completely designed um, to you know to lead towards this day, mm. to 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 lead towards this period in time, um, where uh, yeah, again, you know, depending on the color of your skin, depending on your religion, depending on it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, accent. You know. Mm. I, I'll bet you if, if I was in the wrong place at the wrong time in some streets in England, mm. you know, I'd get done over. Mm. It's 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 whatever's different about you. Mm. That's 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 all it takes. Whatever's different, you know. And um, which is why I like I, living in a uh, nice ethno state with strong borders at the moment, bro. It's uh, it's paradise. It's <laughs> Even though I don't and, look like them. I, I um, but 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 there's the there's a hypocrisy in that as well though, mm. because you're a white guy, mm. you know, from Eastern from from Western Europe, mm. living in living in Japan. Mm. It's my know? spiritual home. <laughs> so I so I well I'm in mine in the Highlands, you know. <laughs> um, so I think this is what we need to try and get our heads around. Is that our prisms, by and large, have all been manufactured mm -hmm. to clash with each other? Mm. You know, for so long we perceived that that media informed and reflected people, mm. the people, doesn't it drives the people, mm. right? Oh, and that's where I come back to the Farage thing. So Farage is it transpired by. I can't even mind how many appearances it was, but he had the record, total record number of appearances. So it um, no, no MPs, um, and he'd had the, the the record number of appearances on Question Time, mm. all right? But then by that time, so did you know? And then you kept, and and then you you had him, and you kept, and all over Sky. But do, do, you, do you see that as a satiation of there was a you know working class frustration with Absolutely. how by the... design by design because farage by my interpretation farage was the tories own the parties or well parties own trojan horse he basically nudged us further and further towards the right with the media with, the, with the, these repetitive platforms in order to drive the Overton window further and further towards the right, mm. in order for the Tories themselves to begin filling with policy. Mm. Because obviously, Farage and UKIP, I, I had no political power. Mm. So you had Cameron saying, well, we'll do the Brexit referendum, otherwise, you know, we're going to lose loads of voters to, to UKIP. That was, never, that was never the case. It was, that was itself a pretext. His role 
was to nudge us further and further towards the right with barely even um, us even realizing that was the case. Um, but also but it, 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 it wasn't um, what I would call so. You kept it, and, and like you said, as a Tory offshoot, okay, sort of um, puppet. They're mm. they're still very much part of this corporate construct that is there to, um, you know, Chomsky's manufacture of consent, and was there to settle the the natives down because of the radical changes that they've made to the fabric of the country, and you can see that there there was a political enemy which um did frighten the establishment and i saw this and this That's was, what was perceived. but this is the um, so you remember the islamic rape scandal in the uk so you know rotherham and so literally the, oh it, yeah the yeah yeah and so at the time, there was the only people who would speak about it that had any sort of ability to push back against the media was the British National Party, right? And they went balls to the wall to destroy Nick Griffin and um, I forgot his name, Mark Collett, because they spoke up in a village meeting about look our girls are getting um raped on a mass scale the police are not doing anything they're arresting the fathers and they were able to start gathering some weight because look it's the there's only there's only so much uh, raping and pillaging and jihad that these people can do before the natives get restless right and they they went to extraordinary lengths to um destroy that party and i was in the u.s at the time and i was watching that and you know this you know <laughs> seeing my neighbor get uh the kid glove treatment for a beheading on the street and they were speaking up for um all these rape victims and i knew all that raping was going on as well because it was happening where i grew up right this, this sort of gang mediated I'm not disputing these things happened, and mm. there was evil happened there by by those Asian gangs. I'm not mm. disputing that at all, mm. right? Um, but again, again, the the, the political so the, so the police couldn't deal with them. If I recall this correctly, the police wouldn't deal with them because of political grounds, because the sensitive yeah. cultural sensitivities, right? Mm. Yeah. Pretext to not to not deal with it, yeah. but. It was obviously still enough in the press. You were in America. You were reading about it or seeing it. You know. Well, I knew I knew about it just for growing up around it. Right. Right. So, and, and uh, to hear it was, happening at other places, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> if, that's, if that's your lived experience, then that's going to shape your view of the world and, and your view of these people. You know. But the well, there's no part to it. Similarly. I think it's called Concord, Con Concord Boys Home in Northern Ireland. Mm. Shut down now. In fact, the building's been demolished. But for decades, that place was used to funnel little boys mm. to government figures. 
yeah. and senior intelligence figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Now, so you're very you you're already very um, cynical of media. Mm. So then, try and understand why is it certain narratives were allowed to get out. And others not. Yeah, and, and a lot a lot and, of that Islamic one was because the uh, the British establishment were getting caught with these right. systemized programs for diddling little kids coming through right, these right. institutions. Because those rings, those pedophile rings, were in existence long before you had the you know the, the migration you're talking about of of, of Asians and Asian mm. communities coming. Those pedophile rings were long established yep. already before they came in, right? They probably just took advantage of it. Now, and it's already known, it's already known that certainly Concord uh, Boys Home in Northern Ireland, that Compromat, so they're using the, using the film footage mm. to keep powerful figures in line. Yeah, the Epstein. So, I just refer to it as Epsteinized networks uh, in the uh, modern Epstein. context. So. Absolutely, spawn right, and so it's entirely probable then that what happened was these Asian gangs, if you want to call them that, were facilitated. We're, we're, we're saying, There you go, we're already doing it. There you go, yeah, in order to begin to create those headlines. But let them bu bubble, you know, let them bubble. It's possible that Nick Griffin, um wasn't actually part of the construct no it wasn't they went they had to destroy him they had to and, destroy and, and, right because they had their own guy in their back pocket mm. called nigel farage mm -hmm. who was going to come on the scene and mm. do that job mm. but do it more articulately i mean mm. don't get me wrong i think the guy was still quite articulate but you know there's no arguing that farage is a performer mm. Mm. you know he's he's very good at what he does he's gone to prison He's very good at what he does. He's going to prison. So Why was he done? Ah, well. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he's done plenty, but it's, like, is this official? He's going to prison. This is news news to me. Uh, <laughs> he's um, there'll be a number of them. They're, they're going to have to build bigger prisons. Um, when? Oh, graveyards, people... sir. Oh, graveyards. Well, I'm being diplomatic, mate. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't speculate on that side of it, but it's not going to end well for some people. No, it really isn't. No, you know? um, because let's let's face it, in the same way that Scotland endured the, this bombardment in twenty fourteen, right? Um, so too, predominantly, the English population mm. was bombarded with Farage and UKIP. Mm. Right, because it was the English population who were the key to making Brexit happen, mm. you know, and that that'll be why but when people suss that on mass, mm. um, that'll be why. And and those that do go to prison will be very lucky, I think. Mm. There'll be a lot of angry people out there, very angry yeah. people. Ropes cheap, just. Uh... We'll hang him from the uh, all the uh, security camera stanchions right. that they've put That's all right. around. And, and this is what and, and and what I try to do um, is I don't take any pleasure, no glee, not, not no. nothing like that whatsoever, mm. in in trying to tell people about this because 
I, I was as duped as anybody for, for my entire life. Same. You know, up until I, I that, that 12th of September, and then I started following the narratives and looking for patterns and, and seeing these patterns that actually existed. Mm. I mean, it actually, in, it's not by name because I put the book out in Berlin in, on June the 25th. Uh, before Me Too became a thing, but I refer to it often, you know, throughout the book, gender agenda, mm. you know, uh, the, 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 the specific LGBT construct. Mm. It's all in the book. Mm. So I essentially predicted these these things, not because I'm a clairvoyant at any side, but because I could see the patterns of propaganda mm. and I'd researched that they'd already been done before. Mm. You know, um, and when people make sense of this, it's, it's going to get messy for a while. You know, um, it already is messy. This is this is the... yes, yes, but it, it's messy on our terms. Mm. It's messy on the ninety-nine percent terms, because because their construct, because the one percent construct is failing, um, failing badly, and they're so desperate. And that's the only way I think now. In fact, two is they're not going to get the nuclear option, which is what they've been trying so desperately to do. Mm. Right? They even tried to start Hunterston in twenty eighteen nineteen. So restart Hunterston B nuclear reactor, yeah, which yeah, yeah. was dilapidated, shut down, mm. or on the verge of being shut down, but they tried to reopen it and essentially double the amount of permissible cracks in the casing wall that it was allowed to have. I think it was from 350 to 700. Overnight, stroke of a pen, yes, let's restart it. Mm. What? It's like the biowarfare going from offensive to defensive just with the... <laughs> exactly, you know. <laughs> and so the... Yeah, so my original point there was I don't take any... Any um, d delight at all, or any sense of satisfaction in telling people these? Well, you know, and, and my my interpretation of these things, because we've all been led up the garden path, mm -hmm. every last one of us. Mm -hmm. We've all been duped, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so the, as I say, when when the shit does hit the fan, it won't be pretty, because I mean, even now. Tories in UK. I've got nobody on board anymore. The mm. Brexiteers hate them because they didn't handle Brexit mm. as they were as they were kind of told that w w they would. And of course, the Remainers hate them mm. because, well, because they're Tories in the way they've gone a bit. And obviously, there's this 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 you know failing drive towards fascism. Mm. Also, they're not going to get the nuclear option, and the only other option now, and it's a bit sci-fi. Um, because they've already tried it with COVID, so mm. a biological agent, right, mm. um, is something more lethal. Mm. Um, yeah, um, um, like I say, I'm not, I'm not sure what comes over the horizon at the moment. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I try to put a lot of effort into is to explain to people that, hey, wake up, get up, you're you're at war. You don't you don't want to think it but you're at war right now and you're deep in it because the weapons yeah. that they're using, it's not bombers coming over and dropping bombs on cities. <laughs> like you, like you, well, that's how we imagine well, it. Um, yeah, exactly. This is how, this is a cold war conditioning, you know, mm -hmm. um, had it gone to plan, had they been able to stage. So at the time I believed they were going to do it. Oh, by the way, uh, if you've got any tech gurus, I have um, a few that I can call on. Right. So, yes. 
So when I was in, say, so I convinced two, so there's two um, Bundespolizei stood outside this building. Mm. That's why I ended up approaching that building. It was on the Sunday afternoon because I wasn't convinced I was going to make it around to the Irish embassy on the Monday morning. I thought mm. I was going to get bundled into a van. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it was real or not, or whether it was my paranoia, I don't know. But anyway, I changed my plan. I approached these two coffers who were stood outside a building and thought that building's got to be important because mm-hmm. they had an all-day guard on and actually moved to a hotel closer to so I could monitor that, that guard. Yeah, we've reconning them. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it was, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, and, um, and, and the hotel was just around the corner from the Irish Embassy, but when I saw the garden, I thought, that is a good option, mm. right? I walked up to him. I must have spent nearly about 10 minutes trying to convince him. I had on my memory stick, some of my research in the book itself, right? And I was immersed in this thing, right? I'd hardly been out, you know, meeting friends or anybody like that for, you know, six, eight months or so or whatever, mm. you know, since the September. Because I was just, and mm-hmm. and that's the thing, I'd already been writing Gaslight and Gilligan from April 2016, but based on it was going to be based on personal experiences. Once I understood the concept of gaslighting, I started writing it based on personal experiences of it in relationships, in work, so-called friends sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, colleagues, all this sort of stuff. Was, wow, this is this is this is huge, you know. Mm. This is really. This is, you know, prevalent in our lives, this sort of behavior. It's, mm. it's mental, you know. So I was already writing it, had the title, um, and it was only when I got that additional Victoria Derbyshire PTSD moment mm. from the television that I thought, you know, I'm going to follow this. And it wasn't until, I say, I reckon it was November, December, back into 2016, that yes, there's a pattern there, there's a distinct pattern there. Mm. Uh, I went down to my daughter's, I visited for Christmas, and I said, I think I can see this thing happening. I think they're recruiting via the telly, mm. subliminally. You know, I'm losing it. If you just follow, follow your gut, follow your instinct, you know, mm-hmm. just stay with it, which is what I did. And then um, I think it was back end of January, beginning of February, something like that. And, and, I'm, and that's the thing, I was still writing my version my original version of Gaslight and Gilligan, based on personal experiences. But when the September, you know, 2016, when I got that PTSD moment and I realised that in January, February, I just, I just said to myself, you're writing the wrong book, mate. I thought, well, how do I get this message out? I write a fiction. Mm-hmm. So I did it as a fiction. And I've fallen all the propaganda to see how it works here, how it ta- taps into the... Uh, um, so... Kitchener's, one of the chapters is Kitchener's Cartman Kleptocracy, right? Mm-hmm. The contemporary KKK, right? Have a look at that chapter. That gives you a, t- a flavour of how the propaganda works and taps into us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in the police station. This is where your tech guru pals come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Facebook Live from my, what was my Johnny McNeil account, Facebook since... Um, Deleted that account. Mm. I no. Facebook Live, and it, it transpires. I was in a diplomat building, mm. right? So it was a, a, a federal, German federal uh, building for European, I guess, global diplomats. You know, and that was the, the that was the guard who were on duty. So I'm in that building, 
and I do a Facebook Live. Uh, and at the time, I believe they were actually going to sink a Trident submarine mm. for real in the Clyde. But now with Me Too, now with COVID, it makes more sense that they were only going to stage it, mm. stage the sinking. Oh, and WannaCry, the WannaCry virus, mm. that was blamed. So the day I flew to Berlin on the 23rd of June, Westminster got attacked by WannaCry, right? Mm. By WannaCry virus. Um, and it was only subsequently that Iran was blamed for it. And that was going to be the original plan. That's in the book. They were going to blame Iran mm. in order to basically start this all off. Right now, World War Three, in the in the sense that we understand through a Cold War conditioning how World War Three starts with, you know, a few exchanges, but because they'd sank a nuclear sub, that would be the story, that would be the pretext for the US, UK to drop one, certainly on Tehran, I would imagine, probably a couple of other strategic sites, mm. to start World War Three. Then COVID, then Ukraine. Yeah, COVID and Ukraine were in the pipeline all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They were in the pipeline all the time. Mm -hmm. So not not only did you have a biological agent in a classic sense, um, you 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 understand the technology behind the vaccinations, I've, right? I've read some of your tweets, and it is a different language to me. Okay, right? <laughs> and um, if, I'll, I'll just give you for me. Now, this is very dear to my heart, and I try not to get emotional about this, right? Mm. I try to convince my family and friends not to take the vaccine, right? Mm. Um, and failed miserably. Right? Yeah, I can, I can. My brother was on board with me. Yeah. He's got the same mindset. But my mother and my sister, well, the, I, they... didn't, I didn't take any, right? I didn't no. take them. And I was trying to convince my folks. You know, not to take them. You know, sister, everybody, not to take it. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't have to explain to you the concept of a binary weapon, right? Biological you know, weapon. Yeah. Right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the the virus can only impact so much, and if you they under they understand that if they want to maximize the impact for this type of weaponry, they have to have a binary agent. So and in this instance, that this is why you saw the rollout of this new technology, which is to gene transfect the spike protein and have your body make the spike protein, right? And this spike protein, the best way to think about it, you remember mad cows, right? Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing. So it causes the same disease process in individuals, and it's a chronic incapacitation agent right so so you, you've heard about people saying they get like long covid etc and these drawn out mm -hmm. viral states that's what they're aiming for they want they want to be able to introduce these surreptitious disease mechanisms incapacitate a large proportion of the population they took a strategic decision to vaccinate the entirety of u.s forces i know this much from um guys i'm working with I don't, i'm presuming it was the same in in uk forces that I makes imagine, yeah. that makes no sense it makes no strategic sense for a technology that in the science domain it's generally mm -hmm. understood 
that you can have some risks. And for sure, it's understood that if you get exposed to these prion-like um, proteins, it's very, very dangerous. Think to the extent that we went to remove cattle from the... Um, yeah. And, you know, even now they don't... Or actually, I think they've just changed it. I had a tweet... Um, today i mean i'm in twitter jail for a week bro but um <laughs> can i i welcome to our old table thing yeah. um i have to be all the time but there, there were some there, there were some vaccines that were safer than others and so um, they all, all, all did the same thing all did the same thing have right. you have you expressed this peptide in a manner that was um unpredictable and from a weapons perspective um it it's very um like i say surreptitious it flies under the radar and you it's cumulative as well right so the more mm -hmm. you get exposed to it the more the damage builds up and well i, th I think that because i'm just looking at twitter again mm -hmm. um certainly Twitter, and i've seen an increase over the last couple of weeks of the covid narrative again mm -hmm. so it looks as if they're going to redeploy that that playbook. They're going to try. And I think they'll that. struggle. That I, I I do think we've done so do. well in the resist yeah. in pushing back against it that they they will struggle yeah. to um, pull the same thing again unless yeah. unless it is something particularly vicious, right? And the. But well, in which case they're at risk themselves, unless they're you know unless they're on an island somewhere. Well, there's there's ways of that there, there were therapies available, right? Which limits the impact, right? And this is this is where you, you get into um, the molecular biology is such that some are more at risk than others, depending on just your genetic makeup how how the virus interacts with your with your body right so that right. exists right and um have a guess right who's most at risk to the virus uh, i have absolutely no idea mate. so southern european genotypes right, right? who's least at risk not a clue. I can provide you all the scientific references for this. Okay, it's, I'm not bullshitting you anything. Uh -huh, right. uh -huh. Ashkenazi. Sorry, what? Who? Ashkenazi, Jewish. Right. All right okay. You know what Ashkenazi is? So it's like a Europoid. No, right. So it's a Europoid Jewish, uh, whatever the, you know, they have Mizrahi and uh, the different different types but um yeah ashkenazi are the they they were most protected genetically for the most potent um ex, uh, the most potent strain that was out now look um these people have burned through israel and their kind just as much as our systems have as well you know israel became pfizer's lab Right. This, the, the, this yeah, is where yeah, we yeah. get very, very you, you've got to get into the weeds. It's not very, um, it's a complex thing to start picking apart. But these corporate 
entities and the way that they interact these are these are mm. power bloodlines that go back yes yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it's um what people struggle to get around i think sometimes is that because somebody's got the same accent as them or because you know they're gay therefore they're they're you know their mp or their you know the senator is also gay then they've, they've got their but no there are all these groups of all these 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 colors of skin of all these religions of you know who are in the one percent are working with the one percent or part of the one percent should say who are trying to destroy the rest of us mm. and those similarities that we the, the things that we think we have in common with them are 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 the aspects which which um which cloud our judgment you know, I mean, Christ, they, there's not many more countries in there. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do apologise. Could you just um, explain what explain to the audience what was happening in Germany and just, um, I, I promise, two minutes. Aye. Okay. okay. Aye, so, um, yeah, so the, and you guys will need to, um, Try and remind Kevin of this in case he obviously does he come back and see this part. So when I was in the uh, this federal building, German federal building, I Facebook lived um, from within the station. Uh, that must have been almost about ten minutes or so, and before I was told to to, to shut that off. So there is, a, uh, and because Facebook ended up deleting my account. Um, I don't have a copy of that. Um, but that Facebook Live video tape recording will be, I have absolutely no doubt about it, um, in the vaults, you know, of, of, of uh, certainly of every Western intelligence uh, agency on the planet, and no doubt Facebook as well. Um, but also, while I was there, um, and I already demanded to speak to the Irish Embassy, politely, firmly, but I was in a wee bit of panic. And the Irish Embassy phoned me. Um, and so there will be a recording um, of that conversation as well. Uh, and basically, when I was, I was trying to convince this representative, this Irish Embassy representative, this, this woman, she was brilliant, by the way, because obviously they thought I was a lunatic. Um, and um, I was trying to explain to her about the gender agenda, about how they were basically going to turn, try and turn the sexes against each other. Um, and when I realised during that phone call, I think that call must have been, again, maybe another 10 minutes. Um, and when I was realising that I was losing her um, through that, in that phone call, I, I, I said to her, um, if you take nothing else away from this conversation, they're going to sink a Trident sub. So I was just telling your viewers, I was just mm. telling your viewers there, mate, about, so not only did I do Facebook Live from within the station, mm. um, I, I'd i already demanded to speak to the Irish Embassy, which they, they got in touch with the Irish Embassy this from the Sunday afternoon. They phoned me. Hang, hang on, why the uh, Irish Embassy and not... Um, right, uh, because... The British state were part of the gig. 
And that's what confused the German coppers, right? Because they took my license off me and they could see the butcher's apron mm. in the corner, mm. right? And they were assuming that you I... You better explain what a butcher's apron is for uh, folks that don't know. Well, I mean, bearing in mind, I was in the army for 25 years, but now I get it. Now I understand, you know, that... The, the goodness, the, the, the force for good that we bought into for such a long time mm -mm. was all part of the indoctrination. Mm -mm. And, you know, since certainly since 2014 and researching a lot of, and obviously the butcher's apron's an Irish term, mm -mm. Um, but when you research what the, the, the famine, the genocide in mm -mm. Ireland in particular, and in other famines that's, that's been exacerbated by the British state, mm -mm. Um, and, and India in particular, um, then you understand that we we were that mercantile force. Yep. You know, we were, I went to Iraq in 1991, um, buying into the whole, yeah, we're there for takeaways things, <laughs> you know. And then uh, and it wasn't, it was to get a footprint on, on the ground, yeah. you know. Mm. It was, I think part of it was to test the populations to see if we would go for it, you know, and we did. Yeah. Um, so I wanted nothing. Well, to do we 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 bit down on that incubator story, right? Oh God, <laughs> yeah, absolutely throwing burns at the incubators, I mean, <laughs> hook line and sinker, yeah, you know. And um, so I'd already said to them, I want to speak to the Irish embassy. <clears throat> Spoke to her; she was brilliant, right? Mm. For a woman that thought she was clearly speaking to a madman, right? Mm. Because I was, I was basically saying to her, they're turning the sexes against, they're using sex to turn us against each other, the genders against each other. Mm. And of course, that would have sounded completely mental. Mm. Of course it would have, right? Um, and when I realized during that call, um, so I did, I did the Facebook Live, did this call to, uh, she called me, rather, um, and, and I said to her, when I realized I was losing her, you know, in terms of she was just kind of, you know, glazing, I guess, over the other side of the phone. Uh, she was very sympathetic, but I said, if you take nothing else away from this conversation, they're going to they're gonna sink a Trident sub in the Clyde, and they're going to blame Iran, and they're going to start a war by, by blaming Iran. And, and I didn't want to say it at the time, because I knew that sounded mental. Mm. But it sounds easier for me to say it now. They were going to start World War Three. Oh, yeah, we're in it, bro. <laughs> right? We are in it, but it just hasn't gone to plan. You know? Yeah. And they've been struggling to get that nuclear trigger. So not only is there a Facebook live recording out there somewhere mm. in intelligence vaults, in Facebook's vaults itself, mm. right? But also there will be um, a recording of that conversation with the Irish Embassy. Mm. British Embassy did call me because she'd been in touch with them. And as soon as they called and said to the way, I said, no, I'm not interested in talking to you guys. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Fuck those <laughs> captors, <laughs> you know, They're assholes. Aye. Um, and the reason I chose Berlin and chose the Irish Embassy, mm. because I had an affinity with Germany anyway growing up there. Mm -mm -mm. You know, and I consider Germany to be my second country. Do you speak you German know, at all, all or...? Uh, not as much as I should, to be honest. Mm. I can do some basics, you know, uh, not as much as I should. I'm beer bitter. <laughs> I'm beer bitter, yeah. <laughs> um, it took me like, um, um, you know, Mr. Langsam sprechen, he's sprechen, I'm bitter, 
got to speak slowly. I only stand a wee bit of German. Um, but, but yeah, and of course, and I'd also served 10 years there myself, cumulatively when I joined up myself, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So going to Berlin was no strange thing to me. I'd been there before. In fact, first time I went there, I inadvertently ended up in, in an anti-Iraq war protest. Oh, no shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, weekend, and you know, to and me, I was on a weekend bus. Like to me, right? It's amazing, right? That when you think about twenty years ago, just a bit more mm. now, right? But as they were, as they were putting the pieces into places, and, and you saw people at that time did go out on the street, did say. We don't want these wars in our in our We're names. And now nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> when it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. You'd think it would be worse. You'd think that you know people would be on the streets even more now, but mm-hmm. the indoctrination is just something else. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's... So the reason I chose Berlin, close affinity with uh, an emotional tie with Germany, certainly. Mm-hmm. I'd been to Berlin before. Um, but also Berlin itself had been you know, the devastating split apart, mm, mm, mm. you know, by, by two types, of, by by one tyranny, one branded fascism, one branded communism, mm. you know. Um, so Be- Berlin was the, um, was a kind of easy choice for me and the Irish embassy because of, I, I thought they might understand, you know, the deviousness of, you know the, the, the you know the British kind of elite system, the Westminster Whitehall, Mm-mm. you know Etonian cartel. Ah, oh, yeah, but they're you all know, buggering each very, other, bro. That's. Uh, it was very naive of me. You know, they were <laughs> they, they, they 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 didn't they were no more suspicious of the British than than anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it worked, and I think what I did at that point was. I got my message out so quickly to senior levels so fast. Literally, within, I, I, I'm guessing anywhere kind of 12, 12, 12, 24, 48 hours. Well, if anything. Everybody that needed to know, good or bad, whether in on a gig or not, mm. at senior levels knew that this lunatic had just been in this Berlin federal building, diplomat building, Facebook lived, mm. spoke to Irish embassy and told them exactly what was about to happen. Mm. And so they shot themselves. Mm. They didn't go with it. Right. And the thing is so, that that nuclear side, um, it very, very quick with, um, getting information through. So as soon as you're in there sort of talking nuclear, that like you say it'll kick in mechanisms that are yeah. you know inherent in the in the system that have been built in they've been built in for a reason yeah and the and yeah it's probably the fact that you could you could say and and preempt it and you had a recording of it is enough that they well they can find it and that the mm-hmm. the well, that, network that would have done it would have said yeah no Okay, we can't go. That's what I mentioned to you about your tech guru pals, right? I mean, it would be almost impossible still. But those well, you could columns... you could fire it, right? Oh, you can fire that. 
cool. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, because you've got military record, they would have taken your details. I assume you've got a docket from the station, right? Uh, no, because it wasn't uh, it wasn't a an arrest or uh, anything. It wasn't a kind of walk. Oh, was it? Oh, crikey, that gets so. I did get arrested. Okay. Um, so right, if you're arrested, so, there's a trial, and then we can use it. Right. So that would have. So I inadvertently. So I'd gone to initially inform the Irish embassy mm. in Berlin. That was my sole plan. Mm. Changed it to end end up in this federal building. And the Irish embassy called me. Mm. Brilliant. But I needed, I thought, I was convinced at the time I needed protection. I was going to get topped there and then, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I needed locking up for more safety. Mm. They said, we don't do that. We don't, you know, we're, we're federal police. We're, we're Bundes police. We're, we're not the, the, the Stadt police, you know? So it deals with the drunks and the, mm -hmm. the lunatics and all that sort of stuff, like, you know? And um, so they gave me an address packed up my hotel room, got in a taxi, I get, went to this address. They must have phoned ahead because by the time I got to this 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 police station and it just looked like a cell holding, right? There was a, a processing room of sorts, but it just looked mainly to be cells, right? Mm. And um, I remember this young copper, um, probably late, late 20s, um, angry as just... I think he was having a quiet Sunday afternoon, a quiet Sunday evening, right? Mm -hmm. And then I turned up, you know, he'd been warned in advance uh, quite clearly because he was already pushed off, you know. Yeah. Um, he kind of forced me back at the door, at the building. <clears throat> and um, it's actually quite funny, you know. So they wouldn't have put me in a cell for more, as I thought I needed for more protection. So that was the third inch. Yeah, you know what, you know what, Johnny? It's probably right. better you weren't in cells, right? It's better to be out in public. Well, yes, I didn't realise that at the time, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so he bundled me back out into the street and I stood there thinking I'm going to get talked. And then um, what the hell am I going to do? And a cop car, another cop car pulled up to go. And there was a, uh, a, a guy with two female police officers. And they got out of the car and they could see me just hovering outside the door. Mm. And um, just as they, they, they noticed me and they say, uh, you know, go, beat up type of thing, like, you know. Mm. And, um, and I realized that um, they're not going to lift me, you know. So, I've got this aluminium cradle from for my laptop, and, mm. and when it's folded up, it makes a hell of a knuckle duster, mm. right? And so I started using, I started pounding the fuck at the cop car window, <laughs> right, to get arrested, yeah. and they did, right? And as soon as they had started legging it towards me, I just put my hands up, and it hit me like a ton of shit, a ton of bricks, even. Sorry, oh. and um. The recracks I did, uh, um, I mean, I've done my ribs a few times. Um, that stings, so, right? <laughs> uh, the recracks, one of them. Um, processed me in, in the station. The young copper, by this time I was cuffed. Mm. He's screaming in my face, you know, to shut up. And I'm chatting, I'm saying they're going to sink a sub. They're going to down a sub themselves. 
um, and he's going, shut up, shut up. Um, and then, uh, and I'm just saying, I'm screaming back in his face, aren't you, aren't you hard as fuck? Well, I'm cuffed, mm. you know. Mm. And uh, but to credit to the the older cop, uh, the one that just walked into the station, um, and I tried to smash his window in. Um, credit to him, he he was diamond. He was a he was a really calming mm. influence. And and while I was cuffed, he, he gave me a asked for a drink of water, and he gave me a a, a a good drink of water. Like you know, I was cuffed. Um, so yeah, so fair play to him. Mm. But to be honest, the two the two cops. That I approached initially, because um, they were trying to, they were trying to fuck me off for about ten minutes. Mm. And oddly, it was when I mentioned the word bureaucracy mm. that something in them went. And I and I basically said that because initially they tried to tell me, "Oh, we're we're government, we're federal police, we're not we're not local, uh, municipal, municipal." Can I even say that? Word? Municipal, municipal yeah. uh, police. Um, and I said to them, listen, British and uh, US and UK fascism is coming. Mm. It's coming, right? And we've got the evidence here uh, on this stick, and I'm going to get killed. And I was abs absolutely convinced I was going to get topped, mm. right? Um, and I said, don't let me get fucking killed. Don't ignore me and let me get killed for the sake of bureaucracy. And when I said bureaucracy, I think that seemed to work. Um, I think that seemed to be a key word of some sort that chimed with them. Um, and one of them one of them stayed on, on guard outside, and the other one took me in into the station. And so those, the pair of those coppers, um, they certainly deserve some recognition, because if I hadn't had got in that door then, None of this would have worked. Mm, well, um, if you've got that None record, we can uh, start. Well, like I say, I I've don't got contacts in Germany. Call. We can. Um... Yeah, so I can I can send you the exact. I can send you. A, in fact, oh, I did a screenshot. So I wrote a piece recently called um, "Warning Berlin 2017: mm -mm -mm. Um, The German Federal and Irish Embassy Are the Missing." German Federal and Irish Embassy recordings, mm. right? Because even though I don't have them, I know that they will, mm. yep. right? Absolutely, they will. So if you've got any tech gurus... Um, I think we can be more legal gurus at this point. So FOIA uh, for, your, for yeah. your documents and any records. I think it's, I think it's a, a, you know an almost impossible ask. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think they'll surface one day. Mm. Um, I think they'll surface one day, certainly. Um, but in, as I say, in the book, told through a fiction, um, everything I've written since, you know, and my blog has been in real time, has been kind of real world as it is. Mm. Um, so Ukraine to Glasgow is one, I think I wrote that one last year, beginning of this year. Um, um, the Gaslight Ground Zero. So Faz Lane, sorry, Ukraine to Faz Lane, Glasgow, the gaslight ground zero for Five Eyes fascism. Mm. Right, so that's that's one, and that'll basically tell you. Um, I mean, it has been a bit like Groundhog Day, but um, oh, and if your if your viewers watch or read, sorry, no other um, 
peace of mind. Um, read a piece called Tory Militarization of UK is Inevitable. Right? Pretty straightforward title. And, and, and obviously, as soon as, that, as soon as you've read that, that seed's planted. You know what? I think I think they they've managed to do that anyway, right? With the look, they've got um, your constable of the peace now basically dressed as paramilitary, right? Yeah. Um, that that's in there right now, and again, the people until they understand what the what constable of the peace actually is and their role, and um, and you know, these are just the jackboot fucks of the. Of, yeah. Extortion the, the arm of the state. Uh, the the normalisation or the militarisation of society in general, but of the police certainly, yeah. um, has, has, is, is in our faces now. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and each of my pieces, so on the anniversary of doing that on the 25th of, 25th of June 17th, of going to Berlin, on the anniversary following year, I made a short minute and a half long video, right? And I insert that video into each of my pieces. Last year, it was downloaded uh, just over 150,000 times, that video, right? The anniversary video. Again, that's not proof in itself because, it's, you know, it's after the fact. That's a year after I, I did that, and it's only just me saying it. However, that video um, will act as a kind of benchmark for the rest of my predictions. Um, because the initial plan, uh, had it gone to plan in 2017, was, so Theresa May was in the hot seat at the time, um, and she would have phoned Trump, part of the same gig, right? Mm. The Trump presidency and Brexit, same year, same gig, right? All contrived, all orchestrated. She was going to phone, so when they downed the sub, she was going to phone Trump and say, give us military and economic aid, please. And so this manufactured make-believe economic aid would turn up. Meanwhile, all our services are all being privatised, certainly the NHS, mm. um, all the vital infrastructure, all being handed over into corporate hands. Um, and then you'd also have American boots on the ground um, in, in UK and Ireland, all right, and Ireland, because the radioactive outflows and I think what they were actually going to do so not only as a new psychological warfare thing about the radioactive outflows but there's fucking tons of radioactive waste that they need to get rid for all manner of nuclear reactors so I reckon, yeah. a lot of that, I reckon a lot of that was going to go into Clyde mm. you know um, so anyway so Ireland are going to get it as well and there you would have Orwell's Airstrip 1 Yep. Right, um, and that's why I strap-lined uh, Gaslight and Gilligan, a, a paradigm shift in the meaning of domestic abuse mm. and the Atlantic Bridge to 1984. Um, the domestic abuse aspect being how the truth about domestic abuse has been hidden in order to mass emasculate men mm -hmm. over the course of decades, but certainly concentrate it at this time to, in order to recruit. Um, Aye, and then essentially the, the Atlantic Bridge 1984, because the Atlantic Bridge was one of the think tanks. It was Liam Fox's brainchild, I think, that one. If you remember him, who's a... Yeah, a of course. Um, so that, his, his was the Atlantic Bridge before it went, supposedly went defunct, but it 
popped up in another name, so no doubt elsewhere. Mm. Um, so the Atlantic Bristol 1984. Um, and only instead of, um, you know, Airstrip 1, um, my my fictitious state is, is narcissistic because narcissistic is, is it's a state of narcissism, of collective narcissism, mm. right? And that has been normalised over the course of generations. The me mm -hmm. first society, greed yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, the, um, uh, the are you familiar with Ayn Rand at all? Ayn Rand? Ayn Rand. No, it's, she's the sort oh, of... Ayn Rand? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah so sorry. the... Um, you know, selfishness yeah, as a virtue is this yeah. um, weaponization of um, this, you know, I'm all right, Jack, screw you. And um, it's sort of... There's a, there's, a, there's a paragraph in Atlas Shrugged. Um, don't remember it verbatim, of course. But basically, it was essential. Criminalizing all forms of behaviors, behaviors which can, can't be observed, observed or proven objectively. But can just be criminalised nonetheless, mm. um, and then you you profit from it, mm. you know. And that's what me to in part was about, not yeah. just in the financial profit, mm. but profit, power, and control mm. over the masses. Yeah. I mean, in Scotland now, because the SNP. I mean, I, I'm I'm an SNP member. Right, I want independence for Scotland. I me but too, bro. The, the the SNP is leadership is thoroughly infiltrated. There's been no and when you consider that this idea that it's always the left that are bombarding us with the LGBT agenda, the political correct agendas, right? And the right want the common sense of the Overton window is a sham. Right? It is a sham. I speak in left and right terms because that's how people can understand it. Mm. But the left and right is, is a sham. It's, it's, it's a 1% orchestrated construct that mm. comes from the top down to drive us each. I mean, it's a cliche, divide and rule. People say divide and rule, it rolls off the tongue, but people don't pay any heed. Mm. You know, it's just, um, it's just so, it's, it's, it's been said so often. People just kind of roll their eyes, type of thing, you know. Um, but some of these, and they're actors. Nick well, yeah, yeah, yeah. is an actor. Yeah. Well, my mate Kev, who, who was in Signals, he he, he hated a he had quite a popular uh, YouTube channel. He used he used to just really really lay into that bit. It was funny. And she's a deviant. She's a deviant little... There's, apparently, she's got, like, all fair, artwork and... To be fair, I, I bought into that construct up until... I was going probably back end of 21, mm. going into 22. Um, and I was... Even I was even I was like, no, no, this is not right. This, mm. is, this is exactly what I thought the right wing mm. were pushing, but... She has to be part of it. This cannot be. Um, this cannot be some sort of coincidence. She has to be part of it. Mm. And so the entire SNP, and and that's the thing, the SNP membership and the SNP themselves remain the principal party for Scotland's independence. Mm. Um, but the leadership, Humza Yusuf now as well, um, total yeah, 
all infantry, all just Dude, party. Uh, this, uh, you, all you, of party. You can tell that um, it's it's really escalate. Trudeau. Trudeau. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> yeah. Of all the uh, WEF mm. uh, young leaders. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's all real, man. That shit's all real. It's all, it's all real. Yeah. And the only and it was it was quite weird because there was always this kind of byline narrative, you know, in the background that when Scotland got its independence, Nicola Sturgeon was going to go off to work for the, the UN. She's going to go to Europe and work for the UN, right? Well, she already was. Mm. Right? She already was. And that's what that's what these dark triad characters like to do, right? They like to wave their power in your face, mm. right? They like to wave their agenda in your face, right? And because we're so clueless and naive, mm. um, it just goes straight over her head. She actually made a speech, right? Part of a speech that I've seen. Quite bizarre. If you didn't know, I only saw it recently, uh, maybe just a couple of months back, but it's since I put it into one of my pieces, um, where she refers to herself in a her speech as the corporate parent right mm -hmm. or as she says or as i prefer to call it chief mammy right mm. and i'm like you fucking cow mm. right mm. it's a play corporate parent right a chief mammy certainly is a play on big big brother mm. yeah and she's like that she's mm. waving her power her knowledge her role in the agenda in our faces. And when she made that speech, nobody had a clue. Mm. I don't know when she made it, but nobody had a scooby. So you, got, you, you understand the concept of the... It, it, at a... I say ex, ex, existent, metaphysical level, right? The, in effect, that they absolve themselves of any moral culpability once they've if they're telling you what it is that they're doing and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter how they're telling you right so long as they've told you and it could be wrapped up again in all sorts of legalese or newspeak or however you want to think of it but so long as they're telling mm. you and you've consented to it then <laughs> that's where they, that but they're not they're not consenting to it with our conscious approval what's happening is i interpret is that um, you haven't objected though? Unless you object and say no, then consent not, is inferred, right? Once, once, once people understand the full construct and what was what was intended, what's been achieved already, what was intended, mm -hmm. um, that won't wash. <laughs> it just won't wash, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, I, we'll I see, man. That they're, they're, they're very, very sophisticated now, and you know the. Yeah. I, I, like I say, what what do they do next, man? And you know, it it's not going well for them. I don't think. No, there's not, and it won't at all. Um, it won't at all. <clears throat> um, they they're done. It's just it's just people in numbers waking up now. Mm. Um, and I think part of the reason why we're having so why they can tell is they're doing these things, right? Schwab and the rest of them, mm. why they can just basically blatantly say what the, what they're doing to us, what they intend, you know, for the for the human race. 
I think it's I, I think it's quite simple. A combination of ego defense mechanisms, right? Challenging the indoctrination because we've always been led to believe that authority figures have got our back, right? Yeah, yeah I, I need to sidle up behind you and uh, you know, with a yeah. knife, you know. No, um, I, I was I was just thinking more Jimmy Savile than uh, oh, right, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, another fucking again, another one, you know, right? He was he was he was doing all that way before the Asian gangs, mate, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. If you think back to when when that was sort of happening, right, as that broke, right, as Jimmy Savile was that was unraveling and and the yeah. uh that he told us in his book yeah yeah that and they they were doing anything and everything to cover that up and so they they hung the muslims out to dry basically yeah. <laughs> and, because look. they need to signpost and that's seg segregate that's one of the uh, drivers in the dark triad um uh so signposting minorities as uh it's part of the cause, so you're going to get your crystal knacked. So you've got the <laughs> incidents of stochastic terrorism happening at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's been a recent one in the US again, another one. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and and it's coming for, you know, it's, I think there's it's few and far between. It's generally supposed to, it's generally the right one, but I think it was an LGBT one a month or so back. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's been a few of those in the last few months, bro. It, it comes to, <laughs> trannies with guns, bro. The 1% don't give a shit who's no. killing who, as long as no. they're killing each other, yeah. you know. Um, and so, of course, you can't precisely pinpoint when and where one of these instances is going to happen, mm. but you can predict it's going to happen, and it's going to happen because of the propaganda, mm -hmm. because of the way, the manner in which the, 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 the propaganda is forced into your living room. Oh, the front page, by the way, in my amateurish, uh, amateurish, I mean, very amateur, but it's uh, it's got uh, shades of uh, Irvin Welsh. Okay. Oh, very good. I, I'll take that as a compliment. Ah, right? it is, uh, sir. It is. Um... Right. So the 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 upper diagram or the color, you know, the color kind of box, right, rectangle, right. Mm. That's supposed to be a screen. Right, that's supposed to be a TV screen or a cinema screen or your or your phone or your, or a tablet. Right, full of color, um, with um, you know, with the love hearts in there, with a profession of love type mm. of thing. Right, but with the inverted love heart dripping from mm. uh, the bottom of it, going into a, a war mm -mm. Uh, logo kind of war expression. Right, because that's when when they tap into the best of us and when we think we've got the moral case. Iraq, 2003, for example, we were all duped into doing that. Then, oh God, I was I was so sucked in by that, bro. Uh, look, I yeah. I had I had a rage boner for Muzzies that just was. Yeah, fortunately, and I think my guardian angel was looking after me. Uh, I went to the first Iraq, the second Iraq. Uh, we'd all been jabbed up. Uh, we were supposed to go through the northern route through Turkey. Mm. And at the last minute, or near the last minute, Turkey put the kibosh on that Good. and mm. wouldn't allow anybody to use to use Turkey as a platform. Mm. So we got stood down. Um, and so my guardian angel, I think, was looking after me there. 
Yeah, I've, um, I, I've had to say, like, I, I just think there's been someone looking after my shoulder that just said, it just, even though I was, I was sucked in, man. I, I was going to go and was. sign on that dotted line. And, well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, oh, that, was one of, that was what I was going to mention. This. So the reason why I think they can tell us these things in front of our faces and us do nothing about it, ego defense mechanisms, people are trying to maintain their condition biases, mm. right? Um, and cognitive dissonance. Mm. Now, the thing about cognitive dissonance in its most basic form, when people are met with information that clashes with their belief systems, mm -hmm. they generally do one of two things. They get very, very angry, in which case they can, they can feel it, they can see it, and people around about can see them getting angry mm. because you're, you're clashing with their ideologies that they've been trained to believe. Um, or, and I think the most lethal one is just ignore it, right? It just, it just, it's not, and ignoring it isn't a conscious process. It's, it's like, apart from maybe I, whatever, mate. Mm. You know, and it's done, it's, it's done, right? Mm. Because to believe, right, that the British construct and the US construct was always going to lead to this day. Mm. So it was training us to love the construct so much to be in love with the construct so much in the monarchy in particular. And that's why I wrote a piece, 2017, Patriotic Programming, Toddler to Teenager to Tabloidhood. Mm -hmm. Right? Nice. And so within, by our inner pre-adolescence in schools, right, the monarchy is already revered, right? Mm -hmm. And they've been continuing that cycle for, you know, generations upon generations particularly since the advent of, of radio and television. Mm. Um, and then once you're in love with that construct, then to understand that that construct is trying to destroy you. Mm. Well, then what's your construct? Who are you? Mm. You know, if, if, if the, the, the British construct was going to destroy me one day, then what does that make? You know, if you truly believe in the British construct, then what does that make me now? What am I now? If I'm not British, these are the, these are the questions people are going to have to deal with, and they will deal with them, right? This, this is this is why I think that free man on the land type of thinking is the way to, or it's part of the yeah, way. I'm not I'm not well, sure it's all of it, but you've got to understand I, that I the, uh, you don't I want am... this corporate construct dictating to you. Or, or, or just tricking you and and you need to get that into people's minds and the problem i think that with they've been why they've been so successful is that they they essentially weaponize well usury is just weaponization of money anyway but through usury they've basically um made it such that it's impossible to survive without um essentially going into um debt right so you have to look in in the uk you can think back to thatcher right when she basically just made housing an asset you know this ever ever inflating asset that people mm -hmm. would just have to get themselves into mortgages and debt and look kids nowadays can't even get onto that mortgage ladder they've let that system mm -hmm. just um be um 
Well, that, that's, if I can bring this in, right? And again, this is just my interpretation. It's not in the book because I only processed it after the fact, after I put the book out, but I've since written about it. Um, this construct has always been in play. Centuries, millennia, two millennia, mm -mm. right? The way the elites have always controlled us, right? Mm -mm. It began becoming more efficient, more effective with the advent of the Volkskampfanger. So 1933, Nazis produced the, the cheap mass-produced radio, mm -hmm. right? Um, Volkskampfanger, the people's receiver, right? Volkskampfanger. Fast forward, 50s, you know, we've got television, colour television, 60s, right? And, and you know, now, now we're, I've, done it, I've done it again. What was my point? Oh, yeah, so... By the time we got to the 80s, right? And I think this is why Orwell chose 1984 as his title, right? It could have been any date in the mid-80s, 84, 85, 86, right? Mm. There is a theory out there that basically says he, he was writing it in 90, he published it in 49, he was writing it in 48, all he did was swap the digits around. That, that, there is that theory out there. I think it's just, I think that's a bit too simple. You need at least two generations to believe the same shite, right? Mm. To believe that Britain won World War Three, uh, World War One or uh, Two, even against mm. Germany on its own. Mm. You know the, 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 this idea that we were the stoic um, martyrs uh, against Nazism stood alone to do that, right? Mm. And all these other narratives, right? So you needed baby boomers and Gen X to believe the same construct. And mid eighties is when a lot of baby boomers. Certainly, I was. I mean, I joined up in eighty five at mm. sixteen. Um, so, cross culture in terms of indoctrination, in terms of you know pop culture, film, mm. all of these experiences that we'd all that Gen X, baby boomers and Gen X had uh, had experienced by that point were the same reality, mm. exact same reality. So you needed two two generations at least. And so the the part again, it's not in the book, but where I. Um, process it now and so when Orwell starts off um, there was a bright cold day uh, in April and the clocks were striking 13 that's the normalisation of something that isn't normal and nobody bats an eye mm -mm -mm. right that I believe he's referring to a war right most wars are started in the spring mm. so they can fight and try and end it, you know, by 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 autumn, winter certainly mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Obviously, always. So, I think he meant a war was going to start, right, in April. It could be March, I guess, you know, um, but certainly into the spring. Um, and the clock striking thirteen, something which isn't normal, but has been normalised. So the Cold War normalised this war rhetoric without actually actually going actually going to war certainly not in Europe as such, but that Cold War scenario was delivered to us largely through film, Bond films, for example, mm -hmm. were, were key to that. Meanwhile, you, you still had Vietnam, you had Vietnam going on with, with the Americans, like the Australians, um, and obviously all sorts of coups by the Americans in South America, right? So throughout that period, going into the 80s, we all believed the same construct. Um, and the war that I think that I interpret Orwell's referring to was the Falklands. Mm, interesting. Right? Mm. 
So that, I believe, is where, in its current form, yeah, it's got underway. I used to have a T-shirt back then that said "Licensed Argy Basher." I, I, I had uh, <laughs> an carrier one. You know, where where a British fist that came through it type of thing, like because we all bought it, and that right, that mm. patriotism, mm. that indoctrinated patriotism through that war, right, got everybody to back Thatcher, yeah. right, and then she started smashing the unions, yeah, smashing yeah. the men. Heavy yeah. industry. And look, man, I'm no, I'm no commie dick suck or anything. <laughs> it's a, but I, I'm, I'm sort of a. I, I like to think of myself as a sort of uh, t Tony Ben type person, yeah. right? It just, you know, you, I want to look after the working man from the predations of uh, this predator class. And um, you know, just thinking about that time in in the eighties when the Falklands was mm -hmm. going on. Um, you know, we, we oh. yeah. I was just Sorry, gonna say we, we had, we had a. It's just you. It'll make you laugh. Do you know what Butlins is? Aye. <laughs> it's so, a uh, right, but they were just essentially like uh, concentration camps, right? For but that's that's all we could afford, right? As a as a family, we oh. get a week week at Butlins now now and then, right? and uh, once a year. And that that year of the Argentine War. Um, the Royal Marines had set up, they had like an assault course, like a full on military assault course. Well, so it had a zip line and cargo nets, and and they were getting the kids, um, going through that. And uh, yeah, I've I was like a monkey across that thing, and they were <laughs> right. Normalization of militarization, mm. mate. Read my um, <clears throat> it's, it's a bit long winded, and I tied it to. I explained it in a piece, so I won't, I won't go into it here. Patriotic programming, toddler to teenager to tabloid. I believe for a long time that soldiering was in my blood, mm -hmm. right? I knew from a young age I was going to join up. It wasn't because it was in my blood, right? It was because my dad was in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That impressioning throughout mm -hmm. my you know young pre-adolescent and adolescent years, mm -hmm. right? It was a normal route for me to go. So it's mm -hmm. not unusual for a son to join up after mm -hmm. his dad's been mm -hmm. you know this is part of an impressioning right um and can i could i ask you something so sure my impression was it was like my father never left the military that's mm. that's the impression that i got and um and well, i think I well just because he was like qrf on this thing they at any time in the day he would just go and it was and he could go from sort of like horizontal to you know pulling the shotgun from out under the bed in in seconds right and it never went away he was always like that right right to the end and just i'm trying to you know try and you're trying to sort of understand right. you know, what what okay so Again, and what I find, right, so the... I mean, do you do that? Are you, are you sort no. of... No. no. I, I, I was very fortunate, and I found that, found that pushy number with the civil service mm. that helped me decompress from that indoctrination mm. um, over the course of about five years I was with them. Mm. Um, 
but certainly now that I understand how the indoctrination works, to channel young men through austerity, through poverty, through mm -hmm. creating depression, through deprivation, certainly deprivation of dignity, right? Mm -hmm. So in strangling opportunities for young men um, through policy, through propaganda, certainly, um, um, well, certainly through policy, austerity policy. Mm. Um, but then lionizing the military, this channeling happens, right? Oh, mm. and one of the things as well, regarding the Me Too aspect specifically that channels young men um, towards the military, on the right wing, the conventional right wing as we understand it, you had quite a few prominent men's rights activists, mm. right? Who had right leanings until they became more and more obvious with it. Mm. So all of the constructs are sewn up already. I don't doubt that some of the people I've tried to, in fact, I know a lot of the prominent men's rights activists um, that I've tried to engage with, and the ones that get the traction, the ones that get the retweets, mm. um, are in on the gig. No, I'd, I'd give you another in on the gig. So that's part of the paid... So they're the paid papers. You know? Do, do, do you know... Um... Oh, sorry, I didn't answer your question about the uh, about your dad's right. So I, I do that. I go off... Yeah, me too. That's... <laughs> so I didn't ask the question about your dad. Part of the reason I think that happens, right, and some of my... I don't have many army mates left anymore because a lot of them started leaning very, very right, mm. you know? And um, and it was like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's how it is. But with the normalisation of militarisation, right, part of that construct has been the weaponization of Remembrance Day, mm -hmm. right? In fact, I wrote a piece, 2017, Weaponized Waterfalls, I called that one. And that was when they put all the porcelain poppies, um, one of the London landmarks, down, it was like a waterfall of poppies, porcelain poppies, and then it was like a porcelain garden. You could buy you could buy one of these porcelain poppies, like, you know. Mm -hmm. So they weaponized that sentiment. Mm -hmm. They weaponized the emotions of that, right? Um, what I see, and, and I've seen um, in, in my hometown, actually, right? Did just well, to, just to ask in a question about your friends, because I think this is important. When you say they lean right, do you mean, yeah, or, or, or did they go more to uh, well, they bought, militant they into... nationalism? Is the Canada, well, British nationalism? Mm. That's what they. But they bought into the Brexit construct, right? Mm. And then when they were advocating for the military, so operation, sorry, oh. The flag on the front of the page, the yellow and black flag in the front of the book. Of the page mm -hmm. I got it. I got right. it on the screen right now. Right. Mm. The reason why that is yellow and black, right, was because a part of the subliminal propaganda, right, so there's emotionalized empowerment and safety and security within that yellow, certainly emotionalized empowerment within that yellow messaging, right, that was associated with a lot of the subliminal propaganda. Mm. In 2018, this book goes out 2017. 2018, October, I think it was, the Tories announced, and actually didn't announce, it was inadvertently spotted on a on a on a docket and a memo, right, that a photographer had got. Ah uh, yeah, I know what I know what you 
go, go carry on, tell the audience. Yeah. And um, Operation Yellow Hammer, right, was the name of their operation to deploy military force to support Brexit. Mm. So to all the ports and to all, obviously to all the vital infrastructure, mm. right? And so I wrote a piece, uh, All Roads Lead to Rome, Militarization. Mm. Brexit, All Roads Lead to Rome, Militarization. Um, and my argument was, if you've got to deploy the military for a construct you created, for a set of eventualities that you yourself created, mm. that's not supporting democracy. That's a coup d'etat. Yep. That is a coup d'etat, yep. right? The, the operation was called Operation Yellow Hammer. There was a name, there was a, a, a movement, a supposed grassroots movement, right, across, certainly across France. <clears throat> they tried it in London and other places in England, mm. died a death, um, didn't get any traction at all. The Yellow Jackets, so the Gilets Jaunes mm -hmm. in France, right? And the idea was so the Yellow Jackets were part of their construct, right? They tried to generate support. They did, they quite, did it quite successfully in France. And they've got some traction with Yellow Jackets in order to provide their own pretext to put troops on the streets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what the... And so there was supposed to be a Yellow Jackets movement got kicked off in, in England and Scotland and Ireland as well, you know, across Europe, right? In order that the Tories had their own pretext to deploy. Now, that plan must have been in place long before the Brexit referendum result mm. had come through. Mm. You know, that plan was in the, in the making for at least a decade, mm. you know, plus, you know. Well, you know, I, I look at everything unraveling right now and, um, you know, as Europe is positioning up for another paroxysm of slaughter of its young. And this is what people have done, mate, as well. So... In UK, certainly, they go, it's it's UK versus EU, right? And I'm trying to say, no, it's the elite. It's the elite versus the 99. EU institutions are equally corrupt mm. as, as UK, as the US, mm. as, you know, and, and the UN. Did you, did you catch that silly broad from Germany speaking in the European Parliament a few weeks where, where she was demanding... Uh, she was German and she was demanding that she supply they supply German tanks to the Ukrainians yeah, to go and fight <laughs> Russians man I, can, I sat there and I was just like holy shit don't, don't people aren't they seeing it yet aren't, don't they grasp what's going well, on well, what's happening is they're just, they're just exposing themselves aren't they well, know, the, 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 them it's in play Sorry, it's in play, right? So that the, the, the yeah. and, and so once <laughs> there's only so much sort of backroom note passing and before real physical things start moving in the world, and then eventually it's sort of well, this is why Johnson has paid personal visits. I don't think he does it anymore, but he did a few of them mm. certainly when he was prime minister, and then I think one or two afterwards, right? He's been visiting Zelensky. Personally, yeah. now yeah. it's known, it's known, it's a fact that he put the kibosh on a potential yeah. peace deal. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. But before that and since, he has been personally responsible because he's right at the heart of this construct, right? Mm. Um, for allowing that war to continue. Why? Because he needs World War Three. 
As yeah. younger than do. Bullying and buggery boys. That's uh, old day here. Aye. They're in for a, a very hard time. Oh, so the flag itself, um, on the front page of the book, yellow and black. Um, and it's based on the East India Company flag. So the no, East it, India it, Company mm, flag mm, was, uh, was like, a, it looked like an American Stars and Stripes, only instead of there being stars, mm. there was a Union flag in it. But initially it was an England flag, and then it was a Union flag. Mm. And so what you've got in there now um, is, a, is, a, is the stripes in yellow and black, and the, you've got a, a, a very amateur swastika um, within a, a Union flag. Mm. And I called that the flexigan. Um, so the union, I didn't refer to it as a Union flag, I called it the flexigan. Um, so flexigan, I don't even remember. It's just a... Um, do you remember the wee things we used to do in school? Yeah, like uh, just open and, and, yeah. and you could just do that and you'd end up because mm. it's got a number of faces and a number because mm. it's got a number of faces, you know, and that's what the British construct is. Oh, and that's why in on the TV screen and the cinema screen, um, so I called that that's the flat screen universe, cinematic TV and tablet. That, mm. that, that's in the book. Um, and you can you can barely see gaslighting Gilligan on that screen. Mm. It's it's written in there. And it's patched all over the place. Mm. But because until, tw until 2017, barely anybody knew the concept, knew about gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Only a few people, only really had experienced gaslighting in a relationship and you'd researched it and known about it. Mm. So in its classic application in domestic abuse, barely anybody knew about it. Mm. Nobody had a fucking clue about gaslighting. In 2017, in so, terms of media and political propaganda, so in neuroscience domain, right? We, we, yeah. there's, there's this term of operant conditioning, right? Yeah. And so what we what we would technically call it is shaping. That's Skinner's. Is that Skinner's? Uh... Yes, yes. It sort of goes back yeah. to the early um, psychologists and behaviorists yeah. versus like the Freudian and. And, yeah. you know, there was this, well, you go back to Pavlov's dogs and they could, um, they found that Pavlov's they could associate. That's in the book, Pavlov's Patriot, sorry, mate. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, we have this, we have this concept of, particularly in my domain where you're working with, I was working with primates and you're trying to d make them do complex tasks whilst you're trying to sort of capture their brain activity right right yeah and and so you have to get the monkey in stages right so that he learns to just come out of the cage into the chair go up to the lab sit in the lab and then it, it, because the thing is you've got to go you know going back in time now technology's changed but you know you've got to strap all this hardware to the monkey's head mm -hmm. so you can get all everything in to start recording the the brain activity that you want to do and so shaping is the um foundation for what you hear a lot now which is nudge psychology yes. right nudge, yeah, nudge, yeah. yeah and that's we're seeing that being deployed um more and more aggressively i think is is a, a fair term and and so you're familiar with 77th brigade right 
Yes, mm. yes. So in the last three years, as they tried to drill in these messages, 77th unit was part of this weaponized messaging and also weaponized censorship that was deployed against the people and what they did it's, it's you know it's it's simple but it's highly effective so they have like they, they want they want to catch the everyday man like the normal person mm -hmm. who just come mm -hmm. on gets them info from the tv and what have you and then yeah. they've, they've got to shut down dissent right and so what they do is they they elevate where there are concerns and you and they can selectively amplify that while suppressing you know someone like myself who was saying very very early on this has come out of a laboratory this this has all the hallmarks and i i it took me fair few months to just say oh my god this is actually looking like biological warfare not just a lab accident right but at the same time and i don't know if you've come across this but you'll come across people who are saying things like viruses aren't real and this gets amplified massively and then gets bundled in to the element of where that where they're trying to come and breach your physical sovereignty right which is to poke you mm -hmm. in, in, with the binary component of the weapon and you know concerns about the science at that level get lumped in with you know that so you they'll say like 5g and and all these things and the, and the thing is yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's it's there's some elements in order for it to be effective that you have to have some elements in there that that can be digested by the public and 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 at first at first glance you can look at the papers uh or, or the supporting literature say right because most people want to say well <laughs> you want to tell me that then i want to see the sources for for your information mm -hmm. and they they have gone and you know what i what i'd seen in the you know from 2011 right and all, all what i'd seen after that and especially you know prior to that my sort of upbringing and as you've, you you very eloquently describe it as this um you know they're setting up um the dialectic right and the um, the oppositional groups all the time so they've got cards to play in their deck as they want to control incredibly uh, resilient and i admire it but yeah it's with... it's <laughs> you don't um look if you want to fight these people don't take them for fucking granted right they they are sophisticated they've been doing this for a long long time it's only now that essentially we've got some tools that can actually push push back like what we're doing now right yeah. this is this is far more scary to them than if i was to sit here saying johnny we've got gun up and uh <laughs> yeah i'm down right we're just uh you can't it's better to be talking about what, what systems are we facing and what's the best way to um maneuver yeah. around it yeah. such such that you can choke it out <laughs> and, and, and and nullify the threat and and that's part of the reason why i'm trying to get as much i mean 
tw uh, Twitter and Facebook are suppressing my stuff anyway, I always have done. Um, but because of egos, I think, because of cognitive dissonance, the, you know, the great and the good, the high profile ones, won't share, they won't touch me with a barge pole. But if they did, more people knew that they were actually trying to create a civil war in the States. They're trying to create a civil mm -hmm, war in Britain, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Then the masses would be less, if they knew that was the design, the masses would be less likely to do that, mm. to yeah. fall into that trap. Yeah. Because we'd have the knowledge to, to understand that it's, it's, it's a construct mm. to, to get us to, to kill each other. So my that my advice is is what this is what I say to people right now is non-compliance. You have the right to non-compliance. Now, being saying no can get very very difficult at times when you when you've got to feed kids. You you're trapped in a debt cycle, and you, mm. you know you've got to pay the mortgage, etc. And look, I, I do this because I, I essentially. Yeah, circumstances being worked out. But there's no way I can go back into that professional field anymore because of all the, um, well, the way I've gone and tried to do this, what I see as a resistance-type movement. Yeah. And, um, but non-compliance. And you have, to, you have to get people to understand that they're being tricked by the corporate and they have to, you have to say n uh, no. But then the problem, so this is maybe you have some idea on sort of strategy here but the pro the problem i see is that in in saying sort of no you can get pulled into a sort of hippy dippy type um i don't know sort of nihilism i guess where mm -hmm. you uh, you're not and you're not believing in anything and and you, you know i still think it's important to have this higher ideal that there is something bigger and better not better there's a higher structure in this universe dimensional structure metaphysical structure that you should be aiming at to in order to make sure that yeah i buy that uh, i yeah i i for me uh you know i don't push this on anybody but for me uh, we do go on from this there is more than this um i i'm in absolutely no doubt about that um but that's, it's that spirituality as well that's been used against us. It's been parceled mm -hmm. up into Catholicism, into Protestantism, into Muslims, and our spirituality has been has been um, hijacked, mm -hmm. you know, for for powerful organisations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and there are things which are processed. Um, how to stop the it. how to stop the decay the, the fragmentation and um information getting the information out getting people to understand that it is a design to get us to kill each other mm. it's a deliberate design from 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 the top down um a lot of our biases our prejudices are manufactured mm. In fact, I called, what was that one? The palindrome parrots. Um, okay. Feed children prejudicial ignorance. Ignorance prejudicial children feed. And it's this cycle. So people believe so strongly in something, thinking that's their being. Mm. 
thinking, thinking that's who they are. But in actual fact, the, the prejudices in particular have been indoctrinated. Yeah, but I, I don't know. So I, I, I sort of take this view as well because, and again, it's it's flavoured by my experience coming from the UK and watching the idea of in-group preference being dismantled. You're not allowed, or we're not allowed to have in-group preference. It's a little more established in Scotland. Your Scots allowed to still be Scots somewhat, but you you're going to have um, you know to crush your morale you've got you've got what's his name Youssef <laughs> whatever <laughs> but just right that that in and of itself right I can tell you in the east where they're just far more just practically minded they're looking at that sort of emergence in that political theater and domain and yeah. they just they just think it that it's bizarre that you would you would have um you know he was installed yeah, of course. of course, but very yeah. deliberately. And it's part of yeah. this um, destruction of this idea of in-group preference, protection of family, and um, it, and you still should be able to um, have respect for, for your country and your country's institutions, right? That, that, but because they're, they're supposed to do a job. For a long time, we were actually shamed Scots were actually shamed for wanting to know about our own history. First off, we, we, we barely knew the vast majority of it was missing. Mm. Um, because even though the uh, sorry, Scotland was in charge of his own education system, <clears throat> it was Labour, a lot of Labour run. And and, and mm. you know, it, it was it was um it was a British, it was a British Guy Shelton education. It was an indoctrination. Mm. I had not even heard of the Highland Clearances until 2014. Mm. I mean, how ignorant is that? Mm. That I didn't know. I didn't know about that. No. Yeah. And it was just just bizarre. I remember when Braveheart came out. No. Yeah. Um, the slaggings that we took. We didn't give a fuck because it was a great. That's film. fucking great movie. That one. <laughs> and um, but it was the first time. First time. I can ever consciously remember something about Scotland mm. in terms of a big movie, big film, ever being on that, that kind of global stage. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, yes, it's romanticised. Yes, it's, it's, it's parts of it are kind of um, made up, right, for entertainment. But while it's not a factual history, it is an actual history. The archetypical. And it's an actual history that's been that's been that was for a long time mm. hidden from us, mm. right? Well, so you, we want to... well, I say I'm Scots, uh, half Scots, mother's Italian, but um, so the only reason I have Scottish accent is because my father, being in the air force, was stationed at, at the RAF bases where they had to launch Aye. the V bombers from, right? Um, that's <laughs> not unusual. I had a what's called a Padsbrat accent, so when I <laughs> My first fight when I came back to Scotland, I got battered. And um, <laughs> and, and I swear the only reason I got picked on was because of my accent. It was a Padsbrat accent, right? So I had no accent mm. um, other than what sounded to them like an English accent. I yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, I guess in this fight and I got battered. Um, aye. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was, was... The things you look back, I was it laughing? Oh, that was, that was funny. 
So I was walking down the street and I was getting consoled off these lads who were saying, oh, some kicking you just took there. And I'm like, my neck's <laughs> killing me because he, he had me down and he was kneeing the hell at my head, like, you know, proper gave me a doing. And um, so my neck's, my neck muscles are killing me, my back's killing me, and I'm walking down the street and one of the one of these lads was, well, a couple of lads were consoling me type of thing, like, you know. And then a, um, a seagull shot in my head. <laughs> and... And I just went, fuck this. And I went and got in a bus because that was that was at Blackburn Academy. It was an awful school. Um, I had to get a bus back to where I lived. And um, I so and I got on, and my dad came home for work. And I mean, didn't he mess with my dad's like, you know? Mm. He said, What are you doing him? <laughs> I said, I got I got battered and then a seagull shot in my head. And he just started laughing. <laughs>
because the problem is you, you have to to try to aim at the zoomers and the young kids you've got to you've got to have something that's 30 seconds right and boom and it catches their attention so that they pick on it and then they're scrolling through their their next thing and and they know that they can hook it because there's a lot of neuroscience in that as well which is you know yes. um directed attention and sort of dopamine flow and all, all these yeah. all these things are um and i think, think the yellow the yellow might have something to do with that the, the, the use of the color yellow might have something to do with that because oh and a couple of new zealand teams actually so i'm huge rugby um man um and so back then when i was watching the um um New Zealand rugby um, <clears throat> stripes mm. on the uh, on the on the on the, on the strips, um, all manner of subtle subliminal messages mm. um, that are supposed to get into young minds and mm. association. I'd be really interested to know the uptake of recruitment. Certainly, since this onslaught of the use of yellow, mm. and I knew I was onto that aspect of it before I realised how it was going to work, and it wasn't until the Westminster the the, the attacks on Westminster Bridge oh, yeah, um, yeah. that I switched that I was writing, and then I came down for a, something to eat and I switched the telly on and it was all kicking off in Westminster Bridge. And the amount of yellow in terms of police uniforms, mm. there was even a duck, one of those duck uh, touristy um, things oh, that go on the oh, on, the on the river, yeah. That was parked on the bridge and I'm like, aha, this makes more sense now. Mm. Um, so many things. Oh, Grenfell, when people find out, that was deliberate. Oh, the towers, you mean, yeah. yeah. Renfell Tower was deliberate. Putin did a similar playbook to 1991, mm -hmm. I believe it was, um, in order to consolidate his position mm. um, and to, by starting a war, which is what Thatcher did previously, mm. um, in Chechnya. Um, and so the Chechens got blamed for blowing up um, the Moscow uh, apartment buildings. Mm -mm -mm. They went to do it again, uh, so it was the FSB that actually did it, and they went to do it again, and they got caught. Mm. And the Western media didn't report on that. Mm. Why? Because it wasn't within their interests. Right. Right. So it's a similar playbook. Um, you've got in the twenty-first century flammable cladding on a high-rise building. Mm. Peace, peace. I mean, what? And by the way, that wouldn't had it gone to plan, mm. that wouldn't have been the only one. Mm. That wouldn't have been the only one. You look at all those broken kids that are going to come out of there where they're going. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, God, it was that's, bad. That's... It was bad when I was young. Just uh... exactly, you know. Mm. Um, and, I, and I've said before, and it, and it isn't hyperbole. It really isn't. And I don't mean it to sound like it is. I'm just giving an objective observation. We're on the cusp of something. Mm. We've known, those of us who've been 
you know, talking about this for a long time. I have known this for some years now, right? But we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg yet. Mm-hmm. Not even a, not even close. Mm. Well, not even close. Well, if um, if the last three years has not really moved the public that much. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do wonder myself what it's going to take. Is it going to take them to actually attempt to militarize before people wake up? Um, I really don't know now because. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I let, let, let me it. let me. Ask, I, I, I'm going to have to break off because I need to buy for a birthday. Yeah, I've got a bladder like a space hopper here. <laughs> Just the yeah. Um, from a your military perspective right now you know i'd i'd sort of grown up you know air force brat i guess and you know seeing the i I don't think they were really wars in the middle east that was just (laughs) that was just a a policing action right where but how do you how do you think the british military would be faring right now where we're where we're seeing and look that Ukraine was trained up to military standards. All right, they don't have all the NATO equipment, but they'd been stuffing it with NATO-trained troops yeah. for many, many years. And the I'm still shocked that they haven't been able to... Well, I would have predicted that Russia would be able to get air dominance, but I guess missile, even the old missile tech is enough to keep make them keep jets grounded because they're so valuable mm. and the missiles are cheap, I guess, mm. and the drones. But would you have predicted the essentially First World War type trench war fighting being so predominant? And how well do you think British forces would do? Um, poorly. Early. I think morale has been um, smashed by, um, and that had been going on since since the early nineties. I mean, guys came back from the Gulf to be brown lettered, to be given compulsory redundancy. Mm. You know, the what do they call it? options for change? They called it, and so year by year. Um, cost cutting and um, dwindling the size of the the, the army, in particular overall. Um, plus, with what they're seeing now, in terms of the way, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of level-headed guys that work in. Um, obviously, they're in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you've got somebody screaming in your face to do something illegal, to do something abhorrent. It takes a hell of a character to overcome that. So I think morale in general, even though it's still a, an effect, it will be still an effective fighting force, there's no two ways about that. But, but sustained slogging it out in... Temp- very temporary. Yeah. Um, there's no there is no sustainability in the mm. British military. Mm. Um, Rulemont tours, exchanging... Uh, at tours, um, there's barely any slack to be mm. able to support that now. Um, and when, and that's a when, the Tories attempt to militarise in UK, 
Um, had they got population support, had it all gone to plan, and with population support, so I'll speak about it as we are now, with population support, it'd last a week, mm. right? But they've not got population support. Mm. Mm. There's no way. They, they could barely initiate, they could initiate barely, right? But in terms of sustaining a presence on the streets by themselves, not a chance. They'll last two weeks max, mm. right? And then, and that would be with a lot of goodwill from the population mm. because that's where the Trump presidency was going to come in initially. For that phone call, give us some military, give us military help and economic aid. Mm. Oh, and by the way, Johnson was going to be installed. So she'd make the initial call, but Johnson was to be installed. Mm. He would have become a modern day Churchill. Um, to to and, and history would have been written as such as it was written about Churchill. Mm -mm -mm. You know, just the same old playbooks over and over again, same old lies over and over again. Same old you know? psyop loops, basically. Absolutely, mm. and it, and it's not that complicated. No. It really isn't that complicated, right? Mm. It's just getting through the indoctrination mm. and into a a new the paradigm shift. Mm. You know, in the meaning of domestic abuse. Anyway, um, I've got a bladder like a space opera as well. So, hey, um, John, it was a real pleasure. I'm sure we can continue this discussion, and um, I'm going to um, make a point of let's. We should sort of section your book up and look at it more in detail, a bit more academic. Aye, because if you don't do that to me, if you don't make me section it up, I'll. I'll go off, you know. Uh, but, but people but need to are, hear this, bro. Yeah, there are aspects of it which something will flash in my mind. I go, oh, I've got to say that. That's that's quite important. But then again, it's it's you know it's all it's all important. Mm. You know, um, I look forward to the day when I've got more voices. You know, people who see it, mm. um, because you you'll still be on the journey getting there. You know. Um, I, be, I was very lucky. A mate of mine in 2019, the penny dropped for him. Mm. So I had somebody to bounce this off. But up until now, it's pretty much been solitary confinement and an open air prison. That's what it's felt like. Mm -mm -mm. You know. Well, hopefully so anyway, we we can help you out, and um, <laughs> certainly certainly on the tech end. If anybody can get hold of their recordings, mm. that would well, be awesome. Well, um, we'll we'll speak in private Big about. Asking. What, what what to do yeah. and uh i'll see i'll put feelers out see what we can do um yeah it's a real pleasure meeting you sir i enjoyed that um Likewise, Kevin, take it easy mate all the best yeah you too bro and uh yeah stay yeah. safe man free scotland Aye. <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> all the best buddy take it easy all right bye bye all right, folks, uh, there you go. Um, I've got a, what do you say? A bladder like space opera. All right, uh, let me just quickly check. I saw some donors in there. Thank you, Ornando. So I can uh, hit the, I hit some, 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 some uh, drips there and uh, none other in the, um, in Stripe. How dare you? Uh, let me just see if there was uh, nothing in PayPal, but uh, on Rumble there was. Um, 
So for that, we can have. Um, I'm I'm kind of digging my <laughs> new one, my Fedayin, my Fedayin gang. <laughs> Is that gone? I'm gonna play that one to go out to those that uh, sent in. We will, we will rehabilitate. The Pan Arab Chad. Ah, oh, so strong, so strong. All right, folks. Um, <laughs> thank you for the donos. Yeah, some pan-Arab chads. And uh, I will see you in the next one. Uh, maybe tomorrow. I'm trying to trying to um, speak with Charles, and uh, we need, we got a lot to catch up on. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Take care. God bless. And uh, yeah. Don't um don't get sucked in by the machine. Say no. Take care, God bless. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, like I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers! I will fucking kill each fucking kapper. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually saying. Fuck these kappers. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever tells you I fucking blow blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking praying for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lily. Motherfuckers! All them five. This guy. Send check forty-five thousand. Turn this. Never! 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 Never